This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I botched the initial first three minutes, and on on the stream, when you watch this on Twitch, you'll be like, what the hell is going on? But uh, yeah, we're good now. Rich, what's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just um, gave him three minutes of fire audio that is gone uh, forever unless you jump on the Twitch. But um, yeah, I'm chilling, man. What's up with you? Not too much. We don't. Act, that's not act like we haven't already gone over the pleasantries already. We, we already did that. Let's just get straight to it. Um New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Soul Evolve was in town this uh, weekend, uh, yesterday, and we went. I showed up an hour late, so you have a better, um, better full uh, experience of what you of what was on the card or representation what was on the card. I thought it was a good show, um, but uh, what were your thoughts? I thought it was a good show. At the by the end of the night, I was a little tired, but um, the second half of the show was way better than the first. Um, they did have Matthews and Uemura in the. Uh, beginning half of the show, but I was actually speaking with a friend of mine um, and I didn't pay as close attention to it, but seemed like it was working pretty well. We were giving Kratos and Team Filthy the, the biz all night. Um, TJP, we were giving him the biz. Uh, thought Swerve looked like a superstar. He had the best match of the night with Blake Christian. Um, White and Saban was pretty good in the main event. Um, but yeah, like I thought it was like it was solid, but there was like nothing like you know, drop your jaw. There was like no like go out of your way to see this. Maybe except Swerve and Blake Christian, I would say. Uh, but it was just a night of solid wrestling. I thought that um, the attendance left a little to be desired. But you know, when you think about it, it was like, oh, okay, this is kind of like the level they're at. This is the amount of star power they have. Um, you know, then this is probably it was probably like a fair um, attendance number, I'd say. Okay, yeah, I thought it was a good show, and as you mentioned, like I think the last what three or four matches all delivered uh, to to some extent. Like people know Filthy because of the the you know the F4W stuff, and also some of the stuff he's done with the Openweight title. Uh, then and you know like they had been building up the, the Connors match for for a while, right? Like that, that didn't come out the blue. Like they, I mean, he he's been ducking him for like what at least like two three weeks, um, and then. Uh, from there, you end up getting the Swerve match, as you mentioned. I thought it was the best match of the night. I thought Swerve, like the crowd loves Swerve. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Jay Lethal match, they love Jay Lethal. 
Um, that match was also very good. The Jay White match, they were they were hot for Jay White because they knew Jay White and um, he was in with Saban. They respect Saban and they had a they had a good match. Uh, you know, this wasn't like the kind of uh, Jay White performers that you've seen in North America if you saw him um, on Rampage versus Trent. But uh, this is more representative of what Jay White does on a normal normal basis. Um, and I thought the the uh, Carl Fredericks match. It's also very good. It's too very physical. Like the last like four or five matches were all physical. They were just chopping and, and clubbing the hell out of each other. Uh, loud, you know. I know it was a you know an auditorium and nice acoustics, but like it still traveled well. Uh, you could feel you could feel it. You just you didn't just hear it. Um, and I was I was impressed by by a lot of the you know the guys that were billed to be the top guys or the the people you came to see in those last five matches. I really was like uh, I had never seen Josh Alexander wrestle before. I, mm-hmm. I see the hype. I see the hype. Um, he can pretty much wrestle anywhere, anywhere I, I, I watch. I would, I would, I would, wouldn't mind him being there anywhere I watch. Um, so I understand why people are like, you know, <laughs> they treat him like he really is Kurt Angle. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to go to in depth? Like I thought I liked, uh, Carl Fredericks, uh, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I like Fredericks. I like QT coming out. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Oh, that was a big part. That was a big thing. Like, he got bro, he got like, huge heat. He got big heat. Huge reaction when he came out. Like probably probably the uh, peak of the show to that point. So Swerve, um, it was funny because you know he had the factory and he was trying to recruit um, Fredericks, who famously comes from the dojo. And I thought it was just just great. It was yeah. like you know you can come to a real dojo and learn and, and be successful. You know, and, and he started talking about Shibata and it, it was pretty funny. So. Um, you know, I'm always here for some QT. So, um, yeah, but I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good show. You guys should definitely check some of those out. You might see us on camera at some point. Um, they uh, oh yeah, the, worst behavior as usual at indie shows. Oh yeah, or not just, indie shows, but shows in general. Yeah, just you know, popping the crowd. You know, ne- never going going over the line or anything. Popping the crowd, but you know. <laughs> You know, somebody got to start the chance. Somebody got to, you know, somebody got to get somebody got to get some chance off that no one picks up. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like y'all. Uh, Josh was trying to his damn is to get this Carl Fredericks. Uh, uh, Josh Smith. He was damn sure trying to get this Carl Fredericks chant off. None doing shocking because it was like some of the people like would come out and just get no reaction. It would That's be true. Like, definitely silent and it, we're talking about yeah. people like like fredericks or like hikaleo um Clark connors connors like uh but like the people that they knew like they were really into like swerve yes. or jay white um lethal of, lethal was yeah, lethal. over yep. over yep um and he actually beat renderita so the post-match angle like james you had left by this time but <laughs> should i tell had, him should i tell yeah. him yeah go so ahead. you know jay white start start his match and he starts doing the powdering thing and I was like all right man all right so um by that time I was like I was irritated I was tired I had only slept like two hours the like that night before so I'm like hey man I'm not in the mood for this shit Jay like get to wrestling or or I might just leave so he did so he did what he did the powder stuff he did one more thing like I literally stood up in my chair and like walked to the back section where y'all were or whatever else so I was like all right let him do some more bullshit. I will walk out this bitch. I don't care. Like, I don't care. I'll watch it on, I'll watch it on tape later. Like, it's not that serious to me. Like, uh, but anyway, like they continue their match. And then, you know, it's a Jay White match. So like, and you know, he's going to win. So it's like, all right. Like the second I see him, like 
I'm, I'm watching the match to the finish. Like, so the second I see, like, uh, he catches Saban in the air and then he puts him in the uh, Blade Runner position, I start, I literally start walking towards the exits. Like, I turned, I walked and walked off. I felt like Steph Curry or Dame Lillard, one of them niggas. Like, 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 I called my shot. I knew that shit was good. Like, got the three count. And, like, by the time uh, he was in that position before he even hit the, hits uh, Chris Saban to the mat, like, I had, I was walking off. I turned, I turned, like, y'all, I waved by. And I and I'm keep walking, keep it moving. All of a sudden, that with three count goes through. I was like, "Yeah, I did that. I beat that traffic." So yeah. I don't know what the post match thing happened, but by the time it happened, I was already on two seventy five on the way back. Yeah, man, it was uh, like at first we thought like there was gonna be like some type of like real thing. So he kind of starts where he's saying, um, "You know, since I've seen you guys last, a lot has changed in the Bullet Club because obviously he's been being a fuck nigga and kicking people out the group and you know trimming the fat." You know, as he was saying, um, and there's all the drama with G.O.D. And eventually, like um, everybody figures somebody's coming out and, you know, we all kind of think something might go down. Right. Uh, as far as like a surprise guest or something like mm-hmm. that. And we were like, man, like I was like. I was like, Jen's about to miss this hot angle, like, and I'm like <laughs> kind of, kind of or whatever, like as far as like it being hot or whatever. And then Hikaleo comes out to absolutely no reaction and Hikaleo comes to the ring. But obviously, you know, Hikaleo and Jay White and he's mm-hmm. with G.O.D. And we're like, OK, let's see where it goes. And then they get in the ring and start talking to each other. And just nobody has any idea what they are talking about um, as far as like um, like you know, as far as like, hey, I'm in Bullet Club, but the future is now. Why why can't the future be now? He's a like, big man. You're the future and all this other stuff. It was like, it was very confusing. I felt like everybody was like looking at each other when it was done because nothing happened. Like White mm-hmm. just finished the promo and left the ring or whatever. And it was just kind of left up in the air still. But I was like, this is not, I was like, bro, this is not captivating at all. Like the White White was just like battling on. I was like, this is not this great, like, uh, this great promo guy I was sold Listen, like, this is not this compelling person that I was sold to I was like what is this look I I think Jay White is a very good promo I think the problem is uh, or not a problem that's not that's right that's not a way to put it but it's in the context of there's only X amount of people that are cutting promos in English in the promotion that he's in Mm-hmm. And the people that are talking about how great a promo he is or that are watching it are English speakers. Like, we don't know, like, you know, so most you can go off of his vibes. And, like, yes, he is a good promo. So, like, the thing that stuck out to me was, like, when he showed up to AEW and mm-hmm. you saw his, you know, his, like, 90-second, 60-second promo. And it's like, yeah, compared, like, in Japan and in, in a vacuum, yes, he is a good promo. But once you throw in promo plus emotion plus charisma and you compare that to a Eddie Kingston, a John Moxley, a CM Punk. You get you get my point like he does Eddie he Kingston doesn't he doesn't stand, over. he does not stand out in that way. So I was like that was an interesting note and that's not that big of a deal because like he was only in there for one night. Um but if he ever comes back it's like I want if he ever mix it up with somebody that's a, that's one of the better promos in AEW it might it might it might you know uh it might show itself more than, than that little bit that I, that I saw there when I was making that comparison. But like, yeah, like I don't, I'm assuming that was just like a cliffhanger for the next set of tapings for, uh, yeah. for, for, um, uh, strong. So, you know, whatever, like, um, either way, like if y'all watch strong or whatever else, like the next, 
you know, four weeks, so you have you know have four good episodes. So uh, fret not. Um, I you know I, when when Strong started, I was trying to get into it, but it was caught up in too much stuff and never got around to it. And then like you know, New Year, New Me, New Year, New Street, Empty Arena. Yeah, was, yeah, right. it was tough. Right. But, uh, you know, you hear something about how, you know, Tom Lauder's entertaining and every, everything. And then, like, you know, n- you know, New Year, New Me. I was like, all right, like, Eddie Kingston's on, on the first, like, show of the new year on Rivals. I'm going to get into it. And never got to it. And then uh, when we were doing that wrestling marathon in Orlando, like, we watched one hour. And that was when they did the angle with, uh, with you know, Clark challenging for um, Clark Collins challenging for the uh, the open weight belt. And I was like, and it was, it was so fun. I enjoyed it. It was a fun hour, a quick hour. And I was like, you know what? I'm in. So, like, I'm, I'm in on Strong from this point forward. So, like, yeah, I, I was glad that uh, I ended up, you know, going. Because at first I wasn't going until y'all told me, like, this per- Lethal's going to be here. JY's going to be there. And then, like, Swerve's going to be there. Like, all right, fine, fuck. Like, Same. Yeah. If you want to keep throwing talented wrestlers at me, I guess I will go to your wrestling show. <laughs> right? So, like, uh, so I, 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 I was glad that, I did. That, it was fun. Like, uh... Uh, Eddie Kingston very over uh, yeah. all the AEW people that showed Kingston up Garcia. pretty over Garcia and Kingston they were kind of continuing their AEW stuff it seemed like yeah so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff like cool things to kind of kind of look out for so and also you know they powerbombed him through the TV or through the sh- uh, <laughs> they almost killed him like a week ago 10 days ago whatever it was so yeah right um, also in other New Japan news, it looks like John Moxley versus Will Ospreay is official for April, I think 16th, whatever their show in Chicago is. I think it's uh, called Riot. Chicago yeah. Riot, maybe? Windy City Riot. That's what it is. Yeah. So that's going to be an, a pretty great match. Both guys are doing great promos. I woke yeah. up this morning to Will Ospreay probably cutting the best promo I've ever heard him cut. Hmm. Um, Moxley, it, it was just like going through and it was like man this is really impressive um and you you just like i i see will osprey i'm always impressed by the stuff that he's adding and i think he's the best wrestler in the world and he's like i just hope that he can like i hope the world opens up for him as much as uh as anybody like uh that that is doing it right now like to to go be the man like you know i know a lot of people want to see jay white get back to new japan a lot of people want to see the imports i want to see will osprey like continue to add to his like uh his chance to really be the best guy uh, yeah and like not, add not on to what hurt. he was doing in 18 and you know all the music forward especially 18 and 19 when it's like yo this is he's wrestling at a breakneck pace yeah like if he's gonna max it out, max it out. Like let's see it. Well, like <laughs> the funny part is, I said he's wrestling a breakneck, a breakneck pace, and then like literally when the pace slowed down is when he actually did break his neck. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I you know he was awesome uh, those years. Like one of the best. Like just anywhere. Like every week it seemed he had something you know crazy going on, and like that's one of the things that I you know me were you talking about this um off air. Um, I don't know if that was today or yesterday, but like. As this, you know, as this starts getting, you know, revved up again, like, um, people already, there's some interesting stuff that already happening, um, in Dallas for WrestleMania weekend, as far as the, you know, the indie shows before, uh, before leading up to WrestleMania weekend, but like with the prospect of Los Angeles, Southern California next year, um, a year, you know, no, a year of more, you know, um, medical advancements or whatever else, like. 
it could be back to how it was in like 2008 or 17, 18, and 19, where we're just like, you're going to get a bunch of great shows and all that kind of stuff. And like, that's what I'm hoping for because, like, like I, it'd be, it'd be, because a lot of people, they wanted to come and do all this stuff. Like, you remember there was, you know, Tampa, they were going to have the Tokyo Joshi Pro show. I think there were, you know, all that stuff. Like, stardom, stardom, if they can get to um, Los Angeles, like, they're going to do a Los Angeles show next year. Mm-hmm. So like you know that's something to keep a lookout on. You know all the New Japan people already will be here, be in town just like they used to be. Like they're already doing that for Dallas. So like it could be you know especially with some of the top talent don't really have a place right now um, for for AEW uh, might be like a better fit for like Ring of Honor or whatever else. That's another thing like the prospect of like that's already happening. Like that's like yeah. Um, we should probably talk about that too. Like the um, Ring of Honor Supercard show, there's like four different matches announced. They just announced Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty, so they are doing that thing that I was talking about. Like, hey, uh, we might not necessarily put Lee Moriarty out there as like you know third from the top on Revolution, right? But we'll put him on Ring of Honor, and right. then you know whatever, and, and then and, uh, and Jay Lethal, who was you know loyal to Ring of Honor to the end. Until it was time to him to get out of there, and then he was like, "Will you come back for the final show?" No, you are now going back to Ring of Honor again. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> you, you will forever be Ring of Honor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Chisel on his tombstone. They added uh, FTR and the Briscoes. Uh, That's right. over there. So uh, ma- look, matches you can't do in AW. Right over there, um, Swerve and uh, Alex Zane, I believe, is also on the card. Then there's Bandito and Jonathan Gresham. So, like, quietly, like that Ring of Honor Supercard show is actually looking better Real than nice. many many of the other ones they had planned uh, in recent years. Yep. Um, you know, in like I made that joke, but it's like, don't be too don't be too shocked if all of a sudden you see another G1 Supercard uh, show up in LA, like at the form or some shit next year like if ring of honor like does what it you know like does what it is on its best behavior or whatever and progress in that kind of way like there's no reason why they can't draw like you know you know a, a big audience to get uh the ring of honor act when they have their shit together with new japan there's no reason why they can't and especially in that area especially with the people that are be flying in for a wrestlemania weekend like yeah, yeah so they could do another successful show they well, and, and WWE can't take every venue in, in southern california Right. Like, I think, um, like what T, like TK will always said, or Cody used to say, and we'll get to Cody in a minute, actually, like that AW would not run during, um, like WrestleMania weekend. That's not right. a thing. We'll it do is not AW. That's not the name on the contract. <laughs> but nothing was ever said about Ring of Honor. Right. So, like, like, you could, like, if they wanted to load that shit up, like, you know, like it seems like they're being a little. They're doing cool matches, uh, but I don't think what they should be doing. Yeah, like they're not blowing anything off. They're not saying, "Hey, um, uh, like, hey, can hey, New Japan, can you give us, you know, right, somebody, and then we'll put Danielson against them." They're, they're not doing that. Yeah, but um, look, next year though, all bets are off. Right, because another because the thing about it, just like you mentioned, or like about this, like. They want to come over here too and wrestle the and wrestle on these indie indie cards. Like how many times we've we seen like think about it, right? Outside of I think the only time we've ever seen Tanahashi or Ishii or Abushi have been through the Ring of Honor shows, right? Or, or Rev Pro. Oh, that's right. But my point is oh, my point is like without Mark, WrestleMania weekend. 
Oh yeah, we, we would not have seen a WrestleMania week. We would not have seen some of the greatest wrestlers of all time show up or whatever else. Is like, why the fuck else would they be here? Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, obviously now we had to weird this new thing where like Minoru Suzuki is, is like he he, he oh may as well get God. a resonance here at this point. He's supposed to prop up the indie scene, Bro. the mid major indie scene, all all on his shoulders, all on his Bro. all his his what mid fifties shoulders. Whoever does his marketing, like every graphic that put that has him on it with somebody else always looks fucking phenomenal. Like it's like <laughs> Suzuki and then it's like him with the face and then like the other person It's like whoever does his artwork and his marketing is a fucking genius because it it always looks like super a level thing. And it's like you're going to get slap suzuki in like him not really doing much or whatever unless it's like time to turn it on yeah like but like he he'll bring this the suzuki to everyone like and it's so funny like the the myriad of people he gets booked against like he'll get booked against everyone from brian danielson to effie like it's so funny bruh moxley too think about like this right um dickinson dickinson is uh no not Dickinson Dickinson is Ishi uh who else has a um somebody has a match with uh, Cross Cross that's right Cross that's right there's someone yeah there's one other person too that I'm forgetting um I think Dixon does have a match with uh with with Suzuki too not just mm-hmm. Ishi uh, Ishi and Suzuki anyway um it was funny today you mentioned like you know the kind of like the <laughs> Like the aura around Suzuki, and we all know, we all know this exists, right? But uh, the same thing was for like badasses like Ishii and Shibata as well. But uh, Suzuki is, is a bit of a singular thing. Like it's funny because today Undertaker uh, has had an interview and a bunch of quotes came out where he talked about you know more shitting on the the current generation and the young people younger than him. I saw one tweet that was like, "Why does Undertaker think that he's Minoru Suzuki?" <laughs> And I laugh because I'm like, this man nah, has he, this man he, has main invented WrestleMania Uz, plural, but, he, but you're like, you ain't fucking Suzuki in these streets. Bro, I saw some <laughs> some other shit. Somebody was like, oh, bar fighters, huh? How, how did being a bar fighter work out for Shawn Michaels? Oh like yes, yes, yes. Both times. Both times. Um, oh, also in the comments, Black, Black Saber Jr. says they're doing Suzuki versus Two Cold Scorpio at the GCW Detroit show. Like, bro, there's any, like if you put Suzuki, Suzuki literally wrestle anybody. He'll wrestle you if you want. I don't want to wrestle Suzuki. Yeah. I, I, I get what you mean, but nah, don't 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 even put that into the into the into the airspace. Um, yeah, man, like, like hey, you in the business, you liable to get it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm surprised he hasn't been asked to do intergender. Yet, because you know he'll do it. I've seen him do it. Yeah, he'll do it. He does it the right way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I bet there is. Um, like, I don't. There had, there has to be like a recent like American match where he's done intergender. I just can't think of one, but I'm sure it's out there. I don't know, but all I know is like he does it the right way. Is like we're not about to play no games. Like I'm gonna wrestle you like I'd wrestle anyone. I don't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, like he's. I forgot we uh, got off to this point with Suzuki, but like uh, we're talking uh, about the indie scene a little like next year, but like yeah, man, it, in, in Ring of Honor, but yeah, it'll. It, I, I, I'm almost like I love I love Pearl. Obviously, we we we're going wherever the hot shit is, but it's like to be to have it here 
like, I kind of miss having, you know, being able to watch two American shows or two American brands, if you will, or whatever else. Like, I hope Ring Honor works. I would like to watch Ring Honor and along with AEW. Like, GCW isn't for me. WWE isn't for me anymore. So, like, you know, I, I kind of miss that. I kind of miss that to see, you know, like a more American style of pro wrestling or whatever else. Um, I, I really do miss it. Like, I, I love AEW, but like, a lot of it, a lot of it is, um, so lucha influenced or puro influenced that it's like, I already get, I already get the puro here. Like, I like, I love Kingston's matches, but like, I already get that, you know, where, where half the stuff I watch, like, and then Lucha, that's good influence. I don't have, I don't, you know, it's not like we're watching AAA except for AAA But, um, but yeah, like it's kind of like the, the classic technical style, like watching the Gresham, watching a, uh, Danielson or a Gar- Gargano or a Dunn or whatever. So even though he's not a mirror, my point, like I kind of, I don't get that much. There's not, I don't get that, those kind of vitamins in AEW as much. I get that from mm-hmm. Danielson. Definitely. That's why I like Danielson so much. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm all for it. Like, let's go ahead, Bushi Road and Tony Khan to the, you know to infinity and beyond to the rescue. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Cody Rhodes. Uh. I guess it's time to. Uh. Like the news is broke that he has officially signed the contract. He's been signed for a couple weeks. People think he's gonna do one of those deals where he debuts at WrestleMania. Um. And we were talking about it the other day in the group, and we were sent a clip of Cody um, from his podcast on um, und- or the, the AEW podcast where he was on there. Who's and running he, that now? Uh, still Shivani and Aubrey. Okay. Um, and I've got the audio here. I'm going to play it and just have you guys get like a, a grand laugh out of this whole thing. Um the it's it's just just comedy compared to what actually is going on now so here it is vice president of all elite wrestling i told tony this until i die mm-hmm. this is where i this is this is the end of my Yo, yeah, this, you don't yeah. really have another option that i, I can't necessarily <laughs> go back uh, the others can can change i really can't and i'll run it one more time and then I would love to parlay. I want to stay the executive vice president of All Elite Wrestling. I told Tony this until I die. Mm-hmm. This is where I, this is this is the end of my. Yo, yeah, this, you don't yeah. really have another option. That I, I can't necessarily <laughs> go back. Uh, the others can can change. I really can't. And so James, apparently, <laughs> like um, this guy. Uh, and, and I'll, I'm just going to open up the pack on this, right? Like I was saying in the group chat, I'm 100% happy that he left AEW. I've been calling for it. I've been, I've been, I was sick of the shit that we were doing on the TV, but let's not get it twisted. He's 100% a fucking fraud. Like, and this is, this is not like me Take, take my dislike for Cody like and his wrestling style and uh-huh. everything else out of this right yeah like this guy was the square leader of doing dumb shit like on screen um just 
and I li- I liked a lot of the um you know the the shots at WWE and yeah. uh, breaking the throne and yeah. you know pull, pulling out the golden shovel. He yeah. he's, he had an entire few with Triple H that no one knew about. No one knew what right. was happening yeah. uh, on this thing, but. He, this was him, you know, talking about he can't take direction anymore. He needs to play his own music. This this propaganda like this. Uh, they don't own pro wrestling stuff. When you tuck your tail and you bow down like the West Side Connection back for Vince McMahon after all this, after you were an EVP, probably making seven figures already. So I want to address this little dumbass argument that people talk about where, oh, yeah, you know, you don't want Cody to get some money for his family. I'm sorry. I didn't know he was on EBT uh, sleeping outside in AEW. This man is on an executive contract, barely wrestling, doing multiple television shows this man was not in the poorhouse everybody let's get that correct um but let's take a look at it like if when you do all that right and we've we gone we went over i don't want to do the whole conversation we did last time as far as hey he can't win the title Mm -hmm. don't don't care about any of that okay what i care about is this man is a fucking fraud that's and, and like this whole thing was like it was orchestrated from day one. Like this man, like I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going conspiracy style with it. Right. But when you, all I'm saying is when you pull back all these statements, these interviews, these podcast appearances, these promos, everything, these promos, they are going to look shit in record time. They're going to look like shit. And yeah. it's going to, and it's going to be just the sweetest taboo as, as Sharday would say, like, <sighs> For for me, someone who's called all this shit at, at once, that said that man was a fucking wave rider that that was that was just just pulled up and found the hot thing like a real worker would do, you know, can't can't take that away from him. But we're also going to call it what it is. It was a fraud, a scam. Okay, so um, I'm with you. I don't. I'm not nearly as gassed up and excited to do it with the glee you have on your face as as you do it. Like it looks like you've been waiting to do this for a while now. But um, I, I agree with you. Uh, like because it wasn't just a character. Because like he did these promos at every he, revolution. Right. Because he did these promos, and then he also like you mentioned from that podcast. Like he talked about how he couldn't go back. And to be honest with you, in a way, I think. It wasn't that so much if he was a f- he was a fraud as much as it was he was hed- hedging his bets. Like you know, we know that he talks to Dave Meltzer. You know that like um, when the that Flip Gordon stuff was going on, Meltzer said like, "Hey, like uh, y'all got you know you got to pay attention to history of pro wrestling when it comes to angles with your wife, Cody." And and then he said, "I'll talk to him." And then what do you know? Pretty soon that shit got pulled. That whole best friend scene with, with Brandy and Flip, that shit was kiboshed, right? Um, we've been hearing over the last, you know, ever since this whole thing came to an impasse with AEW, with Tony Khan and, and, and Cody, that like, Can I Cody, give you been one more thing? Cody. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Do you remember when CM Punk was originally getting brought up in the promotion and then what was happening? Cody was saying, I think CM Punk might sign with WWE. He was projecting. Mm, okay okay i didn't even think of that far about it but um but like Meltzer, if you if you're someone that, that if you're someone that, that talks to Meltzer, just like so many people have right or do like Meltzer has always talked about like the guys that 
that uh, WC, they were in WCW and talked major shit on Vince McMahon and on WCW and how um, Heenan never did it. And then when it was time for Heenan, who was still at, had, it was still like when he gave a shit, was still awesome. When it was time to try to get a job again, he didn't reach out to him. But Vince, because he has this weird thing about owning, like owning people that that shit on him to, to pay people money for their talk shooting, which is like, I, I, you think you won, but you, but you didn't. <laughs> you lost, like you, you're keeping people alive. That you're keeping Bischoff alive after he, you know, he, okay, you're an idiot, whatever. But we still like, have to listen to Bischoff to this day, right? But my, but my point is this, right? Like Cody listens to Dave Meltzer. So when so when this whole entire thing, like whether or not Cody wanted to do it or not, he knew that it's like if this shit goes belly up, what the fuck am I gonna do? I got it. I will I will do two things. I will be able to rebel our base who is anti WWE, and two, I will set the course to talk mad shit to where when it's t- if it's time or when it's time for me to uh, end up back in WWE, I will not be left out in the cold. Like Bobby Heenan was, I would be someone that he would be one of the first people that he would want to bring in because I have talked so much shit, and I would have to eat a lot of crow in that locker room if not. So Cody is like, and and keep in mind, like, there's a different era when like the guys they don't give a shit. They're all friends. They don't care. Like when Cody left, Kevin Owens hooked him up with the Young Bucks, and then they went from there. Right, the rest is history. Like when he comes back, you have Sami Zayn there. You have all the people he was already friends with, whatever else. And they're not going to have some hang-up because, one, that was Vince's uh, promotional, interpromotional battle, not not theirs. They don't care, right? Mm-hmm. There is no Undertaker doing, co- la, la, you know, uh, the wrestler court or or uh, Bradshaw or Mark Henry that wants to beat up motherfuckers they think they're at the uh, at the gate. Um, <laughs> so, or not Mark, Mark Henry, uh, I forgot what it was, the guy in reverse. Oh, the Radicals, the Radicals when the Radicals showed up. So, mm-hmm. yes, like... This was also him hedging his best this whole time. Like this was actually a like not only is he not only is he a fraud, he's also pretty smart with this because he was playing this course where if this shit doesn't work out or if I'm you know I'm in a situation where like I don't want to be in, I can get myself in parachute back to uh, the WWE in a nice little position, and it, it seemed to have worked out for him. Yeah, um, just hilarious. Like on not so just many a levels. fraud. A, a schemer. A shyster. You know, and, I, and oh, I'm not talking Irwin. I don't know if we're allowed to say that, that word. Really? It, is that anti... Is that word anti-Semitic? I think no, it might be. I, uh, I don't know if you knew that. I'm just... I'm just I definitely clear. did not. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was let, referring let, to... We apologize. To we're just going to delete that from our vocabulary going forward. I, I, I think that... I think that... I think that's where that comes from. So, I... Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. that is, yeah, yeah, and, and look, yeah. and, know, and knowing Vince McMahon and his history of naming characters, look, it, exactly, look, it could be. Yeah, so um, definitely, um, yeah. But this this Cody thing is um, it's hilarious, and if the best thing they can do is like, I'm not really worried about what they're gonna do with him creatively. Like, eventually, it'll they'll fuck it up. So, like whatever look happy i can't wait right like i can't wait to celebrate and, so, and that's and that's why i'm saying like this has to be a whole thing where he had, he had these contingencies in play because like if he goes back to WWE, he knows that they're gonna fuck it up because that's the reason why he left they made him they made him be you know cold dust for like a year like how long was he cold dust for until he finally said i can't take no more like a year and a half 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, whatever. Like, and, and, you know, like, he'll be there for his time being in the, and don't think for a second, like, he won't show up back up in AEW. Like, I think, I, I've been saying this since, since he, you know, we heard about the impasse news. I'm saying it now. He'll be back. He'll be back in AEW. God, I hope not. <laughs> stay, stay there. Retire at 40, like you said, unless that was also a lie, Cody. Um, you Did know. Dusty retire at 40? <sighs> I, I, I'm not sure. I know Dusty, like, pretty much by, like, 1992, he was out of the ring largely. And he'll do, like, one-offs, like, later on. But Okay. Oh, man, man, man. Um, uh, what else we got? Um, I think I mean unless there's some other WWE news, like I heard that like the 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 builds are better for WrestleMania than uh than people have enthusiasm for. The problem is like some of these builds that are good are like for the like the celebrity matches, which is like that's cool. Um but that's not you know that's not what's going to draw like a a person a person that's going to listen to this show. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't. If you're a regular listener to this show, I don't think you really have much on the show to look forward to. Yeah, um, like they, the one thing they had was like AJ and Edge, and I've heard that has stunk so far. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, hopefully, ho- hopefully, you know, they'll turn around. Like we'll, we'll, you know, we got to talk to somebody uh, to get them to do a, a preview for next week. We haven't talked about it yet, but we have plans. We'll, we'll figure out what we got for a preview show um, next mid midweek show next week. So. Uh, is, is, is there is there any way possible I can just put up a still image of myself during that uh, WrestleMania preview? <laughs> Why do you want to do this? You act like you don't want to talk shit on WWE when you get the chance. You sit there and be like, "Nah, man, no buys." <laughs> nah, doesn't move me. Oh, hate it. Change it. <laughs> Edit it. Edit this shit. <laughs> Oh man. Um so AEW had uh, like there was a DDT twenty fifth anniversary show over the weekend. Um and Christopher Daniels actually uh they played a video from him announcing a partnership between uh, AEW and DDT and we later found out that Tokyo Joshi Pro is uh involved in this as well. So they're saying they're gonna bring some of their stars to America. Sure, there's some people in AEW that want to get over to DDT for you know some kind of matches and all that. I heard this, I was pretty excited just because, like, I think companies trading off folks and you know working together is always pretty cool. Um, and you know, and everything that I've ever watched with it, um, of course, that's like Kenny's home promotion, uh, so I'm sure he'll like and he worked their 2019 Peter Pan show. I know Eddie Kingston wants to wrestle June Akiyama. Um, and that's going to be, <laughs> this, is, this is all speculation. This is a wild, a wild guess. Oh yeah. No, yeah. no, no, we know. You know, yeah. He's, yeah. He's you don't need to cut no promo on it. We already know. Right. Already like, know. like Eddie. So, yeah. you know that I've, I've looked at his, uh, his, uh, cage match. See if he's been over to Japan before. Right. Yeah. Has he one time before? Yeah. Okay. One time before I was like, you know that man, you know that man itching to take his ass over there. Yep. Anything get, that man look. get that man in the Budokan, that man might lose it. <laughs> that man fit to go anywhere. Like, look, man, I will. <laughs> I'll wrestle at Shinkiba. Oh yes, I was finna say Shinjuku for face, but sure, same difference. <laughs> anywhere, just get me, just get me over there, please. Um. <laughs> uh, 
of course, um, you know, Konosuke Takesha is probably one of my favorites from DDT. Uh, also, they have Tetsuya Endo. They have yeah. plenty of uh, goofy wrestlers. They have uh, Yoshi- Yoshiko. Um, so can't, yeah. can't wait to see Yoshihiko um, whooping some ass on Dynamite. That would be pretty fun. Uh, and you, I, you let people in on that joke or we can let that ride? I mean, I think it speaks for itself. Okay. Uh, so Google it. Yeah. Um, I think today and, was like the seventh anniversary of uh, Yoshiko and, and Ibushi. Ah. Uh, I ended up liking I, it. I ended up liking it something on Twitter about it. I remember like, remember when we first watched that match? We were like, yo, it's ridiculous, but how the fuck is this match so good? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I want, I invite all the fuckery, like, because I, I want people to have meltdowns. I want people to, to get upset. I want people to be outraged marketed to, um, to, Further blow the shit up, and then of course we know the the reel is also going to come over too. So that's going to yeah. be uh, some shit we're going to enjoy. Uh, as far as Tokyo Joshi Pro, like, who do you see like um, that uh, folks here would be excited about? Well, uh, but outside of Yuka and uh, Ito, yeah. Okay, so y'all, you know, uh, Ito and in Yuka, Ito was you know I think beginning of last year when she showed up is one thing because like she she's a she's a fine wrestler. Obviously, you got to deal with the, you know, the differences of, you know, language in the ring. You got to deal with the difference of approach in the ring and, you know, train match versus untrained match and blah, blah, blah. You get my point. But, um, like, as far as just pure work rate, like, uh, oh, Shoko, y'all know Shoko Nakajima as well. Um, that's three of their top six wrestlers in, in Tokyo Shippro. Like, the, their best wrestler is Miyu Yamashita. Um, and... I thought for what AEW seemed to be going for by picking out Shoko and, you know, someone like Riho and, and Sheeta and and um, the rest of the judges they've had here and be, you know, mainstays or anchors or people they've showcased, I thought that maybe Miyu isn't really she's more of a sports type. Like she fits more in the mold of like somebody that would be like in stardom than um than Tokyo Josh Pro. Like she's great. She has awesome matches, she'll kick your fucking skull off um off of your neck. But it didn't seem like as far as charisma and like the kind of like the I don't say magical girl, but like the the adorableness. Like she's not that she like she has the comedic chops for for that kind of stuff. But like as far as just like her personality is like it's gonna come off the page like a um like a uh, Yuka. No, nah, that's not her. So I, I thought that like maybe they were holding off on that, or maybe they just weren't interested in her in that way. But like she's gonna be over here because uh, her and Ito are both traveling uh, to the West Coast, I think, in Portland. Mm-hmm. So like that could all be at play. That also could explain why she, you know, she dropped the belt that we'll talk about later on the show. But um that, that frees you up to to book her yeah. <laughs> a little easier. Yeah. Um and then other ones like I think that I think that uh Miyu Watanabe, I think that people will like her. She fits in that spot. I do that, too. She fits in that profile of super charismatic, a big smile on her face all the time. But the thing that dif- separates her from the rest of Tokyo Shi Pro um, for the most part, is like she's strong as hell. Like she does, she'll she'll you know giant spin people. She'll, she'll lift a bitch lifts, up. lifts and throws and, and power. She's a power wrestler. So I think that would be I think that would be a nice uh you know diversity act from what you think of when you think of like the AEW wrestlers from Tokyo Joshi Pro that you've seen. So um yeah like there's they have a number of wrestlers. Like I think Hikari Noah might might you know like as an alt girl coming in like i think that could uh i think that could work to be like oh they're not just all you know like cartoon characters there are some that, mm-hmm. that have the look of like it's still kind of neat but like oh she has gauges in her ear okay she's dressed like a you know 
um, like a rocker girl or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's a few like, like, I, you know, Tokyo Pro, their undercard and their mid card is plenty of goofy shit that like doesn't appeal to me, but like they have like about 10 or eight to 10 wrestlers that like all range from either they're going to be very good or they're already good or even great. So yeah. Got to send Orange Cassidy over. To <laughs> oh DDT. yeah. Yep. Uh, I feel Dan like John Silver. Yes. Would Dan Housen. Wild. Dan, Dan Housen. Yeah, you you can speak to that more than me. I just know he does the comedy, goofy comedy well. stuff. He'll be right in place with like the dudes that wrestle in thongs and and tea bag each other in in DDC. It fits right in place. You know, like um, I don't like I was like so my Mike Rubin ends up in DDT. Um, because they have like one or two women's matches on their cards, so I'm interested in like the f- the few she was building with uh Saki Akai, who was also on the Tokyo Joshi Pro Show, as playing the, her alt her alternate ego Saki Sama. That's her, her is like this evil rich vi- French villain. Um, anyway, like I want to try to look for one. I can't wait till Jim Ross has to call this shit. <sighs> oh my god, there's no way he's calling it. They put that shit at least at the start. Like they got to put that shit on dark, and then at that point they got to inform him of what's going on first. Because he'll be like, "What is this?" He might leave the set (laughs) or turn his mic off and put it on mute. Goddamn Omega! (laughs) Yes, it's bullshit wrestling. (laughs) Goddamn it! Where's Regal and Where's Regal and Dales and the Mosley? Where's Hangman at? Look, that's who we need to send over there. Regal. We need to send Danielson over there because you know he do it. He don't give a shit. Yeah, you don't care. That should be hilarious. I'll, I'll do anything. I don't care. Um, and that would probably and then send it to Keith, Ross, and then Ross would l- l- be less likely to have a heart attack. I gotta send Keith Lee. Uh, I think that would be <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Lance Archer. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, you know, I don't know how that works politically because, like, the way Keith Lee was making it sound is like he might be one of those guys that's on the bubble to go to New Japan like, uh, once okay. he can. Like, because like the story is when Keith Lee was talking on Jericho's podcast. He had mentioned a, like a whole was, another story. Yeah, uh, he was mentioning like he was setting, same thing with Riddle. Like they were both you know evolved guys. They were setting up to go to New Japan, and then they both get phone calls about going to about about NXT. And next thing you know, they end up in NXT. The way the least that Keith Lee said it was almost like, nah, bro, can't can't let you do that, big dog. Can't let you do that, big dog. <laughs> Like the way Gabe's supposed to hit him up, he's like, "Nah, that can't happen. You, uh, you finna get a phone call. Just be prepared to pick it up." Yep. <laughs> Imagine uh, him in the G one like in 2018, bro. That was already a great tournament. Yep. Um, what else they got? Um, I think Miro uh, would be fun yep. over there. Miro, send the um, acclaimed just just oh for the God. just Rapping for the gags. They were like, yes. Wait, what? They were like, huh? <laughs> No one gets it. Right. Uh, look, if you can't send uh, Lee, how about send Powerhouse Hobbs in this place and then do all the same <laughs> stuff we were, or God It even better because, like, he's big, he's big even for AEW centers, but, like, in Japan, like, he would be probably even bigger as far as the height thing. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Like, I would like, to, I would love to see uh, Hobbs and Cobbs. Yes. Put, put, yes, put that, put that on a on a B block. Yes, send the entire Dark Order to fight one of the DDT units. I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sam, Sam here said, "What will Bill Watts think?" <laughs> 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 it will put him in the grave. 
happen? What is this bullshit? Bill Watts will want to kick him out of the business. Yes. Um, He's firing people for losing bar fights. Shoot, that, like that's why that man ain't want to. That man ain't want them to put a, to put the boat on Sean. Unbelievable. Um, Zach said, like we discussed with this collab, Hangman uh, needs to watch out for Muto. But <laughs> he, he said that earlier this week too. He did. Yeah. I think he's fine. You know, bad hip and all. I don't think you know. I th- I think um the oh yeah Paul White definitely has to go to Tokyo Joshi. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like it's so funny because like I'm you look at they like, haven't let him meet Riho on camera yet. That hasn't happened. Like I know he called a match of hers, but I don't think they've like interacted on screen. I could have swore that I saw um who what I guess maybe maybe it was just Emmy. Maybe it was maybe it was Amy Sakura who like you know backstage he was doing the Chaco Pro stuff. No, it yes. was May. It was May Sakura. That's who it was. Yep. That's who it was. They were doing the, the Jankin tournament. Yeah, man. Like, there's a lot of crazy, goofy, wild stuff they could do. And like, to be honest with you, like with with Ring of Honor, with partnership with you know, or with buying uh, Ring of Honor, with the partnerships established from with AEW and historically strong. with Ring of Honor for and strong for for New Japan with this whole thing, like. They can they can get their wrestlers a lot of matches to get them up and ready for the time being when it's time to really push them or when someone can show and prove that, you know, you know, uh when they can be adults on the road or whatever else they can, you know, kinda get going, they can kind of, you know, track progress. Like this is a way to like do more than just the dark stuff. Because, you know, dark has not been, you know, real matches for a while now. So like to get them real experience in other places, I think that'd be big for them. Um and then like on the, on the, you know, they're gonna have a lot of good matches. Like, this could, this turned out better than I thought it was gonna be. Like, I thought NXT was gonna be done. I was like, man, this shit sucks. Like, where we, where is there gonna be, like, a, another match factory place? Like, it could be just be Ring Honor again. Like, because, because the motherfucker when they tell you to go to run Ring Honor. Uh, like, if, if they've answered a lot, they answered a lot of questions a lot better than I thought, uh, it was when they, when he first bought it. Cause I was like, wait, what? Why? Now it's like, okay, I see what's happening now. Makes it like in theory, they're doing the best thing we thought was possible, which is always nice. Yep. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Um, so we had a lot of stuff happen in AEW this week. We had Dynamite, we had Rampage. I actually didn't catch Rampage. I fell asleep Friday night and okay. I missed the whole show. But um, as far as Dynamite goes, um, we opened up and it was a six man tag uh, in the ring um, start. So we had Hangman and the uh, Jurassic Express against Cole, Fish, and um, O'Reilly. I couldn't think of his name for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, I I thought it was a solid show overall. Um, They were in San Antonio. The six-man ruled uh, to open. Uh, I was was really happy uh, watching that, and it was – they did – some really cool spots as far as like that triple moonsault deal. Uh, I thought everyone was just kind of in the right place. It was sort of a, um, you know, th- when I think of trios matches in AEW, this just is another great one. Right. Um, I believe there was a spot or maybe I'm like confusing the, uh, the triple threat tag match from revolution, but like there's a spot where like, uh, they were going for a, um, a demolition device and somehow uh, the person that was on top of Luchasaurus' shoulders got out of the way and then like Cole uh, like takes him out with an anti-air super kick like it was it was awesome um like it was just awesome like you went out there and like you thought right. it would have a really cool Chris match I, I it was for me it was an easy you know easy breezy four star match I thought it was great great uh, right. opener yeah man um what else do we have on, on this show um, after that, uh, Keith Lee and Team Taz are backstage. Uh, they announced Keith Lee was going to face Caster. Um, Stark told Lee not to show up, attacked him. Uh, Lee said, or Stark said, if Lee showed up again, the same thing would happen. Um, then we got Chris Statlander kind of taking off her, her alien makeup. And she, yes. was, she, uh, she took off, uh, like a quarter of her face being painted. So now it's like an eighth of her face. So it's like, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, progression, you know. Um, So after that, Regal came out on commentary. And then um, his reaction to Danhausen was, uh, man with the mask, who's the demon waif? Um, Yes. I forgot what the response was, but his retort was like, it left me like just in chuckles. I don't know if you have it or whatever, but like he was like, "What is?" It? And he got the answer from from Excalibur, and he was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like I like how they asked Excalibur to explain the goofy shit that's on the screen, and then like he just like just responds like it's like normal, and then right. like the other was like, "I guess I just gotta accept that. I guess you don't realize that this is fucking ridiculous." <laughs> okay, fine. So we had John Moxley and Brian Danielson uh, taking on Taylor and Wheeler Yuta, and this was very enjoyable. Yeah, uh, Wheeler Yuta, I thought, like got 
they gave him tons. This was the make Willer Yuta a star match mm-hmm. or try to get him up and running and, you know, try to get his graphic uh, pretty soon or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chuck Taylor looked good in there and um, Yuta, like, I think, you know, it's, it's amazing because this is like what I think they try to do in, in WWE sometimes, which is elevate somebody and defeat. Yep. But, it, you know, to, they have varying results to, to say it nicely. Yeah, they, they rarely like follow through in the way where it's like, OK, we're going to highlight this person. But like they highlight them by them giving by giving them offense how to highlight them. They don't highlight them by like showing their toughness or their heart or their ability to fight from underneath back to their feet. Like this is very much a star versus a young lion match that we've yeah. seen that, you know, we watch this like, you know, every second or third match in stardom. But yeah, they, they just, uh, the way they told it and like, you get you to cheer for the person's work from underneath because you know, like all you want to see is a good fight. You know, they're not going to win, but you just want to see them have a good fight. Yeah, and I think you got to like kick out an, an, of an yep. additional move you didn't expect him to kick out yep. of. Like these are like the simple s- stories of wrestling. Like people talk about, they want to see stories. This yeah. is what storytelling is. Yeah, like we talked about this what last show I think. Like when Azumi was in there with Hannon, and Hannon, you know, was five six or whatever, five five at seventeen, and Azumi's five foot one. And Azumi's beating her ass, and then like she hits her with a double foot stomp and crushes her, and then Hannah kicks out. Mm-hmm. And then you get claps from the crowd, and then Azumi puts her away, but it's like, yeah, you want to see the person that's getting their ass whooped or outmatched, like, fight back. It's just an underdog story. It's all it is. Right. Um, they also had... Um, so, D- Danielson and Moxley got the win. Uh, after that, uh, they were all kind of walking out. They mean the best friends, but then... Um, Yuta turns around, jumps in the ring, crowd starts going up for yep. it, and then he tries to offer Regal a handshake, and then Regal calls back and like slaps the shit out of him. Yes. And then he fires back on Regal, and then Danielson kind of comes up like, hey, what you doing, bro? Like, bro, like, you calm jump down. you. Like, you could, right. you're like <laughs> we should already whoop you in a, in a sanction bout. Like, just wait till we get... We will fuck you yeah. up. Like, look, bro, it, it ain't just me. It's also Moxley. You see what Moxley does in unsanctioned matches? Yeah. Um, so like, that's something to look out for. So it kind of sets the stage for either him to try to impress uh, Regal more in the future and try to get that invite. So, yeah. uh, yeah. FDR is oh, backstage. Okay. One, one quick thing. Cause now we're, we're just about a Regal section. Uh, we just talked about the Keith Lee, um, uh, interview on talk is Jericho. They did one with Regal that aired, uh, this past week in, Yo, he's had a rough go of wrestling injuries and things that have happened um, since he's been in a you know a management position in, in WWE. Like times where like he just fell out, like he was in an airport and he just fell out, and like he, uh, just because like all the stuff that's happened to him, like he basically broke his neck and then didn't realize he broke his neck and then wrestled through it and then like the only thing holding him together was almost like a like his body produced like a gelatin type thing around his spine. Um, he had some issue with with his heart to where like his heart start uh, developing um, this thing where like basically hardened around his heart. So like when he would get like CT scans for stuff, like they'd be like, "What the hell is that mass?" He's like, "Oh, that's my heart." And then eventually, um, they thought that like he might, you know, if he sneezed wrong, he might be paralyzed. If he if he sneezed wrong, he might have a heart attack in different episodes, or whatever else. They had to talk about how like um, he was leaking spinal fluid. Um, for so long that like they had to have him basically like stand sit in a chair for like a 
something like a number of days and not move. And then like every hour or so they would have to run off uh, spinal fluid until they get, they get it to stop doing that. Like there was tons of stuff like uh, like the fall he had at the airport. Like he basically fell on the esc- on way down the escalator and like cracked his head on or his orbital bone on like the rubber hand arm bar thing. And then like landed softly off of that. And like he talked about how. You know, his job more or less was to basically be like a do anything at any time, fill fill the gap type of role in, in NXT and everything. And like how he um, when it was time to do the, you know, the the North America tournament, how it basically was just him because he, he goes and watches everything and goes everywhere to watch everything. Like he knew the guys. He keeps relation with everybody. There's like no place where there's wrestling where he doesn't have some type of connect. And he talked about how like he, they tr- basically like he, he brought, brought in the tears talking about how like. You know, he asked all of his countrymen to come and, you know, to look out for him to try to get this tournament together. And they all showed up, you know, suited and booted to, to go for this shit. And you think mm-hmm. about how awesome that those tournaments were um, and everything. And, and, and he, ta- he went to tears about like, you know, I, you know, they, they, you know, they did this for me and I appreciate everything. And like, you talk about how like almost all this stuff is just based off of like, I just, I just love wrestling. I just want to, you know, try to make people that, that care about this stuff as much as I do to like to to you know be, be able to put on good shows for the fans whatever else and he talked about how like he hates the term mark and like it's not it's a cut they're not cut their customers their fans don't disrespect people like that like and you see like and then you know over over time now you hear more and more about like the influence he's had on all these people and you're like that's why people have always talked about regal in that kind of regard like just just he's just a good dude so mm-hmm. like to hear the, like the kind of goal he's had of it, and then he had that you know the promo from a week ago where he talked about how like he's not long for his life. It's like that shit's a shoot. Like he's he's had like some crazy uh, health stuff. So like I'm 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 glad to see. You know I've always had a soft spot from NXT run. So like I'm really glad that like he's back on TV and he's with his guys. Um, and they're gonna like try to turn that shit that you know. Um, you know, the, the real stuff of what he was doing behind the scenes, like, or the front front, like, trying to start, like, you know, this Danielson Moxley goon type of thing where he's, like, you know, gifted youngsters and, you know, the guys that, quote, unquote, wrestle the right way is going to try to, you know, shepherd him or whatever. Like, I thought, that, I think this all is, like, coming full circle is really cool. Like, it's, you know, the story is real and also a kayfabe. Yeah, um, there's going to be a part two of his interview with Jericho, right. too. So, like, this first thing, it was like, bro, when when he was describing all that stuff, I was like, so, like, he could have just said, yeah, I jumped off a cliff and got, dis- and, and, got the same results. Yes. Like, like, that's what I was thinking, listening to it. Yeah, like, it, it was wild. Like, I mean, I, I didn't even mention all the stuff that he, I'm just basically like, the stuff I still remember. But it was, mm-hmm. it was just like, all this stuff for wrestling. And then, you know, they start talking about, like, you know, the Masa- they start talking about Masao, and he's like, yeah, that could have been me. That it could have mm-hmm. been me with internal decapitation, and like that's crazy. And then he's like, he basically like did the whole thing that like Melzer did in 2019 when when um Ibushi and Naito were out here dropping each other on aprons on their necks and heads, and it was like, I'm telling you, there's don't do that shit. Like I live, he's basically like, hope did that. So ba- hopefully you don't got to go through that. He's like, I've, I, I, this is the cost of that. Um, so that, so yeah, it was, it was a really good listen for anybody that wants to, you know, find more time to listen to wrestling uh, content. I would check, I would seek that out. So after you listen to One Nation Radio, and then <laughs> after you listen to it again, then check that out because we definitely need your two downloads each. You know, um, that's how we scamming the game. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's how we. That's how we gotta. You know, tell people, hey, we got the numbers. You know, y'all need to. You know, you know, 
break us off some, you know. Yeah. As soon as we find uh, out how many plays, uh, what what constitutes a play in uh, Spotify, once we get the data, uh, we're going to get the data that uh, Joe Bun can get. But, correct. Uh, that's what we're going for. Um, so uh, FTR is backstage. Uh, Cass said he fired Tully because of their lack of focus or his lack of focus. Um or their lack of focus, uh, the Bucks walked up to them and mocked them, told them, you know, how's it always, no matter what happens, they don't care if, you know, they're going to get the best there is to manage them. They will always be the second best team, tag team in AEW. Apparently, there was like another uh, debate that broke out on Twitter. I think there was like some high profile account was like running, like, who do you think is a better tag team, FTR and the Bucks? And I believe FTR was winning the vote. It was like 67 to 33. And then like a bunch of like, uh, you know, people that obviously feel differently about it started amplifying it. And then I don't know if the results changed, but everyone started running their own polls. And then there was like a bunch of conversation. And then I jumped in with one tweet about that. I was like, bro, FTR and the Young Bucks. They have all the same common opponents now, and the Young Bucks have better matches with all of them. Why are we still doing this? In bigger programs. Yeah. So. Um, I don't even know why it's an FTR versus Young Bucks thing. Since when the fuck has FTR been better than Lucha Bros? Why do I feel like I say this like every three weeks, Rich? Bro, it's, um, it's, you know, it, it's just a, a team people want to latch on to to say it's not the Young Bucks. That's that's what they want to do, but they never do pick. it with the Lucha Bros. Then fuck, do they, it with a team don't. that's actually like on that can actually wrestle to that kind of standard on a consistent basis. Like, FTR ain't don't. it. The Usos ain't it. At least they stop with the Usos thing. At least they know May- maybe at this point, but um, yeah. So. It is. It is. There funny. are levels to greatness. They're not on that with the young bucks. It's just not. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll say this. Like if you think, like, like I feel like if, like, we saw um, what FTR got to do against the Bucks' best opponents, right? Like maybe the Lucha Brothers, if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Bucks would have done with Gargano and Ciampa? I'm waiting to find out. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck you mean? Like, Johnny Gargano ain't showed up yet. Remember, like, uh, I keep in my in the back of my mind, I'm keep thinking, like, they gave, they added time to the clock for Ciampa's deal. Like, they're getting up to the main roster now. Like, if his deal was signed, was signed around the same time as Gargano's was or whatever else, like, there might be, Gargano might just be waiting out this shit to get DIY popped back off. And once it does... Send them straight to Lucha Bros. Send them straight to the Young Bucks. If they, when they, if if and when they get to the FTR, fine. I've already seen those matches. I want to see. I want, I want to see like FTR versus like. I'm sorry. I want to see DIY versus versus like uh, O'Reilly or sorry Red Dragon and all the other teams. Like we'll get to that rematch shit from NXT when we get to it. Like that's one thing Tony Khan hasn't really done much of is like the NXT big matches that you've seen historically. Or on takers or whatever else, they haven't like between all their all their uh the former NXTers alumni, they don't they haven't gone to any of those yet. So like when, like if you do put that shit on a on a rampage or whatever else, do not put that shit on unless you got a you know a great killer story or whatever else. Like put that shit on whenever you put it on. But like yeah, Gargano and uh in uh in Champa versus uh the Jacksons, sign me up. Yeah. Pinta and Phoenix, sign me up. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I think people just gotta, you know, they gotta, like, you know, they was acting up during the award voting for One Nation Radio. I, I re-listened to 
I re-listened back to our 10 best match of the year segment from like the last like two or three years, mm-hmm. like the other day. And it was like, man, I keep hearing the Bucks. I, I keep right. <laughs> hearing the Bucks. Like, right. this is just, you know, um, you know. So, so we, we, were, we were talking about you going through 2019 uh, uh, on our awards. We, we, we didn't mention this during the Cody uh, section, but yeah, like. Man, uh, doesn't that in work for In our 2019 awards. For AEW Wrestler of the Year, uh, the voters voted Cody as number one, and then like in the audio, you can hear me just dismiss it as like this. That's bullshit. Like y'all, y'all know y'all doing some fraud shit. Funny fraud. Whatever y'all doing some ridiculous shit. Um, then I explained my case for why it's Jericho, and then you know a couple months later, Jericho wins. Uh, Flair Thez for the whole all of wrestling, not just AEW by a fucking landslide. Um, which and basically, you know, and then like you look at it since then, and like, and you look at our voting for One Asia Radio, uh, AEW Rest of the Year, and then you look at Flair Thez, whatever else, and like Cody's nowhere to be fucking found since then. <laughs> and like, you look back at it, and like, I, y'all was caught up in some shit, I don't know what it was, but like, you look back at it, and like, it looks as ridiculous when we gave Russell Westbrook like a MVP in 2017 for winning 43 games or, whatever the, or sorry, 45 games wherever the fuck it was like and then being like 16 got fucking smoked and swept out the playoffs like look man so basically I, like Cody so, Rhodes trick y'all man yeah like that's that's what we he, trying he to trick say y'all like, y'all 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 fell for it that one time and then y'all realize y'all like we're never doing it again we're never again like we're never giving Dirk an MVP again we're never giving, <laughs> we're never giving Cody Flair again like <sighs> like I like at the time I was like, bro, this is wrong. We're gonna be proved in time that we were right. I feel like we were proved in time that we were right. Um and just like, you know, the things everyone was swept up in was the things that I give him credit for was I always right. called him the, the speech man and you yeah. know, he was someone that was good at rallying the troops and all that other stuff. And breaking thrones, I need my older brother, you know. And, and I actually had had mentioned this to Josh yesterday. I was like, Cody has been replaced in a there's a direct replacement for him in CM AEW. Punk? I'm not even gonna go there. Okay. Um so there's a direct replacement, somebody that's a great orator, somebody that uh, is on the show having some of the most emotional, uh, you know, uh, crowd participation, people going fucking crazy in the middle of the show, uh, month after month, pay-per-view after pay-per-view. Eddie Kingston. I thought you were Kobe. about to say Kingston. I thought I was like, once he didn't say it was MJ or um, Punk, I was like, is it Kingston? Yes. Look, Kingston. And I was like, I thought about writing this column. I'm like. Eddie Kingston is the direct replacement for huh. Cody. And it's like, but he has a, a, a gravity to his shit that Cody couldn't fucking dream of, he, obviously. He also, because he actually knows himself and knows what actually people want to see out of out of him. Like yeah. Cody Cody is pulling a lot out of his pulled a lot out of his dad's playbook, which is like that's that that's cool. And your dad had a lot of cool shit when he was a booker at times, but like Inevitably, people it runs it, it ran its course, and in this era, it runs its course even faster. Um, and that's why he that's why he left the territory. That's why he told Meltzer he's leaving <laughs> the territory. Um, yep. So yeah, like you're right. And the thing about it is like, do I think that like in an athletic contest could uh, who's a better athlete, Cody? Right, a million times out of a million. But like, it's not about like Jericho says, and sometimes I roll my eyes. Like, it's not about the moves, man. Like he gets it. Like he has a character. He interested you and wanted to see people beat each other up and his version of beating people up is basically 90s pyro so he throws suplexes he throws strikes and people love him 
Right. And, and, he, and he sells, and he's a great seller. So when he gets hit with stuff, it's he looks like he's devastated, or whatever else. And like, it's it, his matches are easier and more basic when you watch him for someone of like that wants to watch like match of the year. I think like, you know, five, ten years from now, when we go through some of these matches with Kingston, you're gonna go back and compare it to like if you're gonna go compare it to like a Osprey match or an Azumi match. Good fucking luck. But you're gonna have to. He's one of those people that are going to be like, you got to look at him in his time, contextualize him in his time and like in the programs he had to build up to get the crowd invested in that way. Like he is in that way where it's like, it's not about the moves. It's not about, maybe it's about the stars, but it's definitely about like if the emotional investment into matches, he's at, he's as good as anyone going right now. And you keep in mind, like, you know me, Rich, I am not exactly the most, the, 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 the uh, most. It's, it's been a conversion. I feel like it has been going on. It's not a conversion. But my point is, like, the work is the work. And, like, it doesn't matter if he looks like a, looks like a jobber. Like, it doesn't matter if they've beaten him like a drum. Like, the thing for me was always like, if he is at this level and he keeps cutting these promos like this, why are they beating him like a drum? Well, now they're not. So, whatever. They, they rectify by one issue with him. Um... But yeah, like the whole point is like get you into the building or draw you to the building with emotion, and now he's as good as anyone right now. Yeah, JML pointed out, and this actually f- goes in further to my point. Like how ironic was Eddie's first mm. match in AEW was against Cody? Yeah. So man, that That's might a be point. a column. That that might be a column. But yeah, you know, it is a column. I, I've got like I don't I don't know. We'll we'll see. You know maybe. You know, y'all know I'm tied up a little bit, but you know, I was I'll... working on a, um, I was actually uh, over the weekend, I was pitching ideas to try to do a uh, DDM expo, dotted model explodes, um, oh, yeah. column. But now I thought to myself, I was like, how can I do this without turning into basically like a preview, like a, a, a another the fifth or sixth preview that's out there for world climax? And I, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I might kick around a little bit more, but uh, we'll see. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll have plenty of um, opportunity to explore Julia and Shuri <laughs> throughout this year. <laughs> yeah, good, good point. So, um, but yeah, like, yeah, Cody's been replaced. Um, but <laughs> it, it's time. Uh, speaking of uh, the, the other guy we were talking about, the Jericho Appreciation Society commencement in James. I got to say, he did it again. He did. He did. He, he did, and I still, and I'm still like, all right. Well, like, he he got it over. He got it over in much the same way he got over in the circle in the, in one yep. night. The, my thing is like, the guys in the circle were all were, were top to bottom better wrestlers than uh, than this group. But we'll see how this goes. It's not like uh, it's not like Matt and Jeff suck. It's just I think they're just serviceable. So we'll see how all this right. goes in multi men because you can hide people in multi men. But these these guys can talk. I feel mm-hmm. like they they're, they're comfortable handing them the mic, uh, even more than they were maybe. Um, Sam, like Santana would normally step up and knock it out the park whenever he would get handed hand the mic. But he kind of had more of a silent enforcer role. Like fucking uh, Matt Menard, he's a fucking ham. Like he's a like he's a junior Kevin Owens, I think. Like, and that's almost as high of uh, like like Kevin Owens that. Uh, will show more ass, I would say. Um, but yeah, like this whole thing, like with Garcia and Jericho calls himself a sports entertainer. Uh, they don't relate to the rest of the roster. The rest of the roster are, are broke pro wrestlers. Essentially, I'm a millionaire because I'm a sports entertainer. Uh, 
everyone's booing the fuck out of him on this. Um, he said, you know, there's no Chris Jericho, there be no AEW. Uh, Earth's been around for 4.5 billion years. We're lucky to be around at the same time as him. He's the greatest performer in history. The fans don't appreciate him. Um, he's in full gimmick mode at this point. Um, and, and they explain why they're keeping uh, Judas. Yeah, yeah, because I thought that uh, he was going he's going to get rid of it, but it was a smart way. It's like, hey, man, if it was up to me, you know, I'd change this shit. But, you know, right. y'all better appreciate Jericho for letting y'all, you know, sing a little song, essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, Garcia said if Jericho calls himself a, a sports entertainer, then I am, too. Jericho Rich. talked about Gert. Yeah, go ahead. Did that you shit see- was fucking hilarious, by the yes, way, too. Yes, I, I have. Did you see the meme of it on Twitter where, like, uh, it's like Drake, you know, uh, talking to a woman and the woman says I'm a lesbian and then you know girls love girls yes. too and he, he goes well I am too <laughs> bitch I, I'm so dumb <laughs> like the way the thing people come up with is so stupid and creative <laughs> bro memes are the yes. best uh, the way we communicate in our time um <laughs> So, um, <laughs> fucking, uh, he, he mentions that he did a donation on January 6th and then everyone kind of, you know, tightened their butt cheeks when he said January 6th. And then he said 2019, I was like, Phew. and <laughs> then, um, he said he donated towards and I remember hearing that story like about yeah. the Buffalo boys or whatever. And apparently that Garcia was one of those guys. He said, we're going to use our real names, uh, Matt Menard, uh, you know, cool hand, Angelo Parker, Jake Hager, Daniel Garcia, and Chris Jericho. <laughs> like you fucking, fucking hell. <laughs> Cause it's like, you asshole. You've had your dad on you've had your dad tear Irvine on TV before. On this on the same exact program. This, this, your dad wasn't Ted Jericho, you jackass. Bro. He's a beast. He's so good. Yo, he's the best. Like, yo, like he's <sighs> Oh, um, what an idiot. Said Jericho Hager's the hand of the king. He said we are the JAS and we beat up pro wrestlers, bitch. I howl hollering. We beat up pro wrestlers. Like, what else can you say, man? Like, like, look me, look me in the eye. Like Chris Jericho, it will not look. He won't miss. He does not miss. It was fun. It was really fun. Um, the TNT title are, are excuse me, uh, Deeb and Sheeta were addressing each other in a pre-tape. Very heated. Can't wait for that to pop back off. Um, yeah, I saw today that like Sheeta's already back. Yes, eating pizza in America. Bro, so the miles this woman has racked up in this last week, or Jesus, yeah, just, or two weeks. Just spend look, just spend a day on the plane and go to sleep. You know, oh, you know, pop, look, pop you a Zan and wake <laughs> can up. Ma- can you imagine doing that? Oh, okay, Drake. Can you imagine? Can you imagine doing that? Like in the days when there was no Wi-Fi on 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 board. Oh Hell man, no. that would have. Oh my God, that would have sucked. Like, imagine you was doing it in, like, 2017. Oh, my God. That's horrendous. Yeah. Like. Yeah. The Wi-Fi advances have to be, like, crucial. Like, I, like, I, I need to hit a swerve. Like, I know he went to England recently. Mm-hmm. But um, I know Japan is a whole other monster. Yeah. Uh, like, man, how do y'all do it? Like, y'all just, like, watch a movie on the plane. Like, he's just, like, you know, you got to get a plane where you can lay down in that bitch. Like, what's the, what's the deal with that? Because, bro. Like I, 
you know, I, much like you, I'm sure, like, I want to go to Japan one day and watch wrestling. But, bro, yeah. I am dreading that flight. Because <laughs> it's like, hold on, man. I can't lay down or nothing. Like, well, I'm just going to sit. I, well, the seats are more comfortable. Because, um, mm. like, those long distance flights are more comfortable. Like, how much more comfortable? Eh, I don't know. Like, you know, and given that there's so much time and then, like, you know, from here, like, you're, you're getting you're, you're getting a connecting flight, right? Like, you're connecting to either to, like, Atlanta or to L.A. to, to then get over there uh, from here. But, yeah, um, you, you've seen I've already, like, looked through twisted. <laughs> but, but, yeah, um, yeah, like, I, those seats are those seats are much better than, like, you know, normal commercial flights where it's three to a row or whatever else. But still, like, it still can't be exactly the most comfortable world when, like, you're trying to sleep in turbulence and a loud-ass plane regardless. So, yeah. So up next, we had Scorpio Sky against Wardlow. Um, this was, I thought it was a bad finish, but um, the rest of the match, it was all right. It was like they clearly had, like, like the, the title wasn't the first priority here. It was mm-hmm. like, yo, we got to make sure Wardlow comes out of this thing stronger. And then, like, Scorpio Sky will still have the belt. So um, I think they've got a lot of work to do with Scorpio Sky as far as like um, nobody believes them, right? Believes like, it's in like the, in that way. Yeah, it's like the the belt is at a level with him right now, like where yeah. you're looking around, and you're like there's like I think uh, you know how even when Sammy had it, everyone was always trying to get that bitch off him and give mm-hmm. it to somebody else. I think it's gonna be even worse for Scorpio Sky. Like it's gonna be like yo, he's gonna have to get in there and prove himself big time like in a way even Sammy didn't have to yeah because he's been doing most of his damage or almost all of his damage on on you know dark and that's been going on for like over a year now with him um well shit that's been going on with him like since he got broke out as a single um yeah I mean I, I gave this match uh two and three quarters I I maybe I was judging or, or I was grinning on the vacuum of what it was what I thought it was going to be which ultimately ended up being uh so like it didn't need to be like a, a, it didn't need to be a great match it didn't even necessarily have to be a good match it had to be serviceable to where like they told a story of Warlow absolutely would have won this bitch if not for getting fucked over and that's exactly what happened uh you say you didn't like to finish uh I mean I, I think the I mean obviously it's one of those things where like what was happening was going to happen. There's no way to get out. There's no way to have a good finish out of that. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I kind of like this was, I was, this is what I was expecting. So like, it doesn't really, you know, yeah, I thought, I, just, I thought it was easier. I thought it was cooler than like, if he just ran down the, or if MJF had just ran down the aisle and screwed up the match at the, you know, the end, like the fact that he did the distraction, maybe, maybe he got, maybe you wanted them to kick out of the, of not getting beat by just getting posted. Maybe. I don't know. I, it felt like cheap. I wanted to- yeah, because I'm like, man, people run into posts all the all time. All the time. And he didn't uh, bleed. This time he, everybody else that bleeds. Say he didn't bleed. Scorpio Sky didn't do an additional move. It right, was just like right. all right. And I was like, can like he do like a top rope move, like like drive him to the middle of the ring, give him like an elbow drop or something. You know what it was like? Remember day one, uh how Lash her uh, how um Lesnar dropped the belt to uh Lashley where like he gets hit mm-hmm. by Roman with the with the belt shot and then like that's it, like Lashley don't hit nothing, he just only we're all, like we're letting you we're letting you stupid idiots know like in case you're unless you're unless you're you know you're just the dumbest motherfucker on earth like the only reason why this person won is because of the interference on the outside we're not even gonna let him in a, hit his move we're not even gonna give you the illusion like we're not even, none of, none of that I yeah. ain't nobody clipping this you know and, and just put, put, putting the move in the finish on the timeline nobody's doing that 
So, yeah. Um, but like I said, I think, you know, they've got a, they've got a lot of baby faces um, that are there, like between like Swerve, Keith Lee, um, Christian in the mix. If uh, Jungle Boy is a single, uh, Darby, uh, Sammy, like makes me, and, you know, I'm looking at Sammy now. I'm like, fuck, bro. He was on a great run. And then they just kind of cut that short. I'm, I feel kind of bad for Sammy at the moment. But, um, you, you know, in a way, I almost feel like they were never planning on putting the belt back on him until they reached the impasse with Cody. Because it's like, y'all are going to do this many title changes that's, that close together? Yeah. Because, like, y'all are going to flip flop and then have, uh, you know, in the, at the beginning of March, you're going to have, uh, Sky. Be, it's like, it's almost like they were trying to, it's almost like they were trying to turn, or, you know, they were trying to get Cody his, Babyface who gets booed, uh, shit that was going on, and then he was gonna lose it to Scorpio, and then go for on from there. Which right. is like, thanks, Cody. That was that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Glad we don't have to worry about but that. Like, yeah, like okay, Cody. So then you lose to Scorpio Sky, and then what? Like people hate your guts because like you took it off Sammy. People liked Sammy, and you already were like you've already by that point in time, it's been like thirteen months. You've been in the shit. Yeah. Had to leave um, the territory. Had to. Yep. Had to. Had to. Um, Jade and Mark Stone were backstage. Jade's about to be 30 and 0. They want to know who's next. Then the Hardy Boys came out and Russell Private Party. Man. <sighs> These Let's guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. First thing I'm going to say about this match, I thought Private Party looked excellent. Mm-hmm. Um,. The Hardys are done. Done. Um, Specifically, Matt. Matt is fucking toast. Matt is done, and Jeff's not far behind, except I, that Jeff is, like, over to an ungodly level that you just have to use, you know, and use the name value. And um, I don't have a problem with, with Jeff doing his thing. And Jeff had an interview that he put out. Said a lot of things, had a lot of people pissed. Oh, yeah. uh, people, people talking about professionalism and all this shit. Y'all can like wouldn't like y'all WWE shows have have got to stop this. Like got to stop this. The professional look, who look, gives a fuck. I understand that like the standards have changed compared to thirty years ago or forty years ago when it comes to the professionalism of professional wrestlers when it was the Wild Wild West and and all that kind of stuff. I, I get that. Um Am I saying what Jeff did was cool? No, because other people are relying on him to, like, this match that we planned out, like, if you just leave up the stands, what the fuck? I, I, I get that. I'm pretty sure all of them are over it. So why are you so upset? Yeah. Um, um, like, yeah. I don't think anybody wants anybody in their workplace that's unhappy. Vince don't care because Vince wants to monopolize the Look, industry. They- WWE obviously didn't care because they tried to bring Jeff Hardy back right back after right that. Back. So right you, all your your crying about professionalism falls on deaf ears. Like let well, it go. Well, well, Rich, you know what this also ties into the wrestling 90. war. They were trying to wrestling war the brothers against each other. Well, maybe I was gonna I was gonna say this. We, we see this all the time in sports when exceptional people that are at the top of their craft uh, for merchandising reasons or for performance reasons uh, in whatever arena they're in in pro, in pro sports get chance after chance after chance 
or opportunity, opportunity, opportunity compared to uh, other people that aren't indies, outlier uh, work uh, st- workplaces. Hi, Deshaun and, Watson. And they were right that are so that get so upset that exceptional talent gets made exceptions for, and it's like, hey, y'all gotta let that go. This is the entertainment industry. Um, and you are an accountant. You are, um, you are a registered nurse. Like, let the shit go. Like, I understand that, like, that upsets you that, like, you can't behave like that or whatever else. But, like, quite frankly, you haven't drawn like Jeff Hardy has. Like, if you, if like you, you ain't been as good what you do as Jeff Hardy is. Right. Like, if you were man. the Jeff Hardy, uh, if you were, the, <laughs> look, if you were the Jeff Hardy of insurance, of life insurance, you could do this. You get away with some things, right? <clears throat> but you're not, and that's fine. Like, it's okay to understand that like life isn't about how hard you work; it's about how well you work when you work. And, and like the great philosopher Future once said, gotcha. "You do what you want when you pop it." <laughs> so, with that being said, um, you know, uh, Matt Hardy is. He's seen better days. Uh, Jeff is, you know, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff look. got just a little bit more. Jeff probably got like a year left. You know what Jeff looks like? Jeff. Jeff's in that that part where we were like, "Yo, we're in like we're in a perilous position with uh with with Jericho." Like last year, that's kind of yeah. what Jeff feels like right now. Matt is already over that point. Yeah, I, I was, and Matt's I was been talking, at that point since like you know since last year. I was talking to a friend of mine that tried to, um, you know, was comparing him to Jericho Ironic. I was like, look, Matt Hardy has wrestled in a T-shirt his whole career, right? And he has never been known as this workout warrior anyway. Jericho's at least, he's lost weight at least twice that I know of and shown back up and proven himself to be like a very hard worker conditioning-wise. I was like, this is not the same thing. So I don't know exactly how much these young teams are going to learn from the Hardys either. I think it's like they are an aging asset. And I think you're going to use your young teams to keep them passable. And, you know, th- they, this they is didn't a, rating either. That's the part that's really something like, weird happened with that. I yeah, think yeah. it had to do with the tournament or something. Okay. I would, I would. All right. I mean, obviously, one, it, obviously it's one night, like, but uh, like the one thing that I was spending was like, okay, that's going to do. And also they put them in the death slot, but, um, but I was expecting like it would at least stay even, but I was like, "Yo, that shit dipped," and then like you know it, du- it jumped back up for the main event. Like you know, I was like, "I don't know if that is a testament to how well or how much people want to see the title change, and or how much it was that it was like, yo, like people do not give a shit about this man, Hardy <laughs> Jeff Hardy, about this uh, about the team extreme be back together." Uh, but we'll see. But I, you know, I think I- I'm worried. That's all I'll say. I'm worried. Yeah, it's um. I, it's going to be interesting because, like, I, I know Matt Hardy knows that there's a limited amount of time that this incarnation of the Hardys has. Like, yeah, I know Matt Hardy's already, he's already thinking about how to change. And that's why, like, I don't know, Matt Hardy, in comparison to, to a Chris Jericho, he's he's on a, on a slightly different level where I'm like, well, you can't count him out. He'll find something out that'll be enjoyable for a little bit. And then when it runs its course, he'll do it again. Like, so... Mm-hmm. You know, in the ring, I don't trust him as much, but like I always trust his mind. He's someone I would listen to talk about. That's fair. all the time. That's fair. Jeff, on the other hand, like 
Jeff ain't ever have to worry about that because Jeff is exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Jeff's never right. like so, adapts. Like, yeah, like I mean, sure I can. You know, I got you know, I pull out Willow to Wisp on you. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I think bullshit. I think you try to you try to just keep Jeff happy, and you know, you let him you know hang with Darby, hang with Sting, and like you know, just do cool stuff with him, low stakes, like like another Christian almost. So. You know, ain't no reason to, to have to depend on Jeff Hardy, not in this promotion. Yeah. So uh, after that, the Andrade family office came out. Uh, they surrounded the ring, but Sting and Darby Allen came out even odds. After that, they showed Red Velvet backstage. She said Layla Hurst has changed. She was our friend, but now Velvet's going to put a stop to it. Such deep, deep storyline progression there. Um, and then... <laughs> Do I need to get a LeBron clipboard? Is that what I need to start doing? I need to cover my face with LeBron clipboard when you say shit like that. Sure. Um, then they announced the the Rampage lineup, and then it was main evento time. <clears throat> so all female mariachi played Rosa out. Uh, Love that. Uh, my idea, of course, was Selena and Bitty Bitty Bum Bum and all that stuff. But if you wasn't going to do that, this is probably about the next best thing you can do. Anytime I've seen mariachis in wrestling, aside from when Brock Lesnar was making fun of them, and Thunder Rosa actually did an interview about this. She was like, you know, you know she didn't like that shit because she was like, oh, Yo, you make fun of our culture. Like, fuck that. Like, essentially. And then, you know, the only time in wrestling, it, it, you know, people immediately think of that shit. And then. The other time, of course, we remember um, is Andrade, you know, mm-hmm. we count with the mariachi and it's like, bro, when you see that shit, it's just like, it's so fucking cool. It's like another version of like when the Lucha Brothers like had dudes rapping to the ring. Like, I love that shit. Um, and this was like, you knew, like she came out and it was fucking on. So uh, Britt came out, uh, had the black and white uh, Scott Hall gear on. So uh, that was pretty dope. And, uh, you know, they got to it and I liked the match. They beat the fuck out of each other and we the there was a slightly different uh, cage or the cage was the same but the ring was smaller so this kind of turned into like a hell in a cell match rather than a traditional aw steel cage match any and you i uh, mentioned something of why they were going to do that oh yeah like they like if they couldn't get weapons in here they were fucked so they had so like in my so in my um my notes my my uh you know match by match, you know, uh, ratings for every match I watch, like, like I have a thing for like, you know, stakes. We're like, you know, it's a title match. It's a tournament match or whatever else. And like, then it's a title. I put the title and then like for the stipulation of the match, like I didn't put hell, I didn't put a cage match. I put ruthless hell on the cell match. Cause that's exactly what it was. Um, yeah. Like if, if they hadn't had weapons in this match, given the way that they wrestled and executed some of the stuff they had, like this, they, they, I mean, a lot of people do not like this match to begin with, but it would have been even worse. Yeah, I, I'm not with them on that. Like, I thought oh, I disagree. Was- I think I think I think that the worst. Like, I mean, I think that like I think the story of the match was great. I thought that the layout of the match was great. Um, I thought the escalation of violence was great. I think in the physical stuff that happened in the match was great. The problem was that like the execution, of a lot of that stuff sucked. But mm-hmm. like, they got where they were going. Um, so like, I can't hold it. I mean, I, I, you know, whatever, like I liked more of it than I disliked of it. So I thought it was a good match. Yeah. Crowd was going absolute bananas. Um, for this thing with, with Rosa in her yeah. hometown. That helped too. A lot. Kind of, kind of shows that 
maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they knew what they were doing by holding off the title change a couple weeks and, you know, suffering through that bad match, you know, was a payoff here. Um, you know, uh, I think that I feel like they were going to this match regardless. I think the thing was they were deciding whether or not to put the belt on her at the pay-per-view or put it on her here. And, you know, like she was going to get a bigger pop after this match. Um, then if she had did it after the match they had, or they would have had a different match, be my point. Um, then in Orlando, when the crowd was already tired after the CM Punk match. So, you know, it probably was the right decision. A lot of, a lot of physical stuff. Britt taking insane bumps on chairs and um, the stuff like with the thumbtacks. Like they, they were bleeding all over the place. Like they really put it on the line, I think. And like these two women are like, They'll beat the shit out of each other and wear it. Like I, I have so much respect for them. I have a question. I didn't see it, but I saw Britt had posted something about people were saying that like the thumbtacks were fake. Yep, this is more of the. When has when have there ever been fake thumbtacks in wrestling that you've ever seen, Rich? Never. These so two why would it be fake now? Before, like this is a direct line out of those AW botch accounts, the Cornette accounts. Like this is comes from them getting very loud, amplified, and then she took to a video and addressed it, showed her arm, um, and said, like, essentially, like, don't ever disrespect me with no shit like that. Like, and it was like, bro, like, and, you know, Brit, like, say what you want, like, you know, if, as far as, like, her match quality at a certain point, and she, you know. It's not for end, effort. It's not for lacking in effort. Like, towards the end of her reign, it was like, it seems like something kind of was off with her, but what, like when we think about the Brit Baker era of the championship, she introduced a new title. She was main eventing shit legitimately. She was like popping quarter hours. She was actually becoming a star like in the promotion. She like resigned her deal, presumably at a higher rate. And like, she's going to be around for a while. Um, and she like, you know, she went from like this person where, she was a heel that got so over that she was just swallowing baby faces to becoming like someone you desperately wanted to see lose the title. And it didn't hurt like Thunder Rosa at all. Like they, they kept Thunder Rosa away from her long enough f- so she could actually get the whole run. And then eventually she's probably going to come back around one day as a baby face. Um, and like I like. I thought the the title run was a success, you know, match wise, you know, you know, her matches might not be for everybody, but more often than not, I had fun with what she was doing. Some of the evil like house of torture stuff towards the end was grating. Won't deny that. But like when it came to like, hey, if I need Brit to step up and it is a position to where she where we're going to leave it up to you. Like, you know, I think she did a, a pretty decent job. And then. Uh, she had a lot to kind of deal with, especially like being such an overheel, knowing the plan was always Thunder Rosa, not wanting to deviate from that and having to get there. And still, like, I thought her promos were good. I thought like the the division only elevated underneath her. And now that the the belts on Rosa, they kind of have a different chance now that they've kind of been built up. They got the main event, a lot of stuff. And this one with Rosa can go in a completely different direction. Like she can wrestle like Serena Deeb. She can wrestle the imports that they're probably going to bring in, which is like an Athena um, who I, who she had a match with before. Like there's like probably going to go the work rate direction with it now with Thunder Rosa, if I had to guess. And I think Rosa's 
got to get ready for that because like now she's got the spotlight on her and she kind of got to hang away from Brit for a lot of this time. So it's like, you know, I was very happy for Thunder Rosa. Like she's like, you know, you follow her vlogs and all that. She is a social worker. She's like older than, you know, a lot of women that are in this and she got into the game late and stuff like that. So she's like, very inspirational from like a lot of the stuff that she's gone through. And there's a reason like the crowd, like just loves her. Um, so I can't say enough good words about like this match. I had, I was popping left and right. I thought it was great. And um, yeah, I, I've just said like a lot of things I liked about this match because I think, I think a lot of people have said a lot of bad things about both uh, or about Thunder Rose and Brit's matches and especially Brit. And I wanted to take the time and be like, yo, I appreciate what they did as far as like um, everything, you know, this whole past year setting it up like this, because it was like from St. Patrick's Day Slam last year to St. Patrick's Day Slam this year, like took discipline to do that when, you know, you can involve Tony Khan in that, but it also took the wrestlers to do it. So, yeah, um, I don't necessarily think they did the best job in the world getting uh, Rosa ready for the moment or getting her, you know, in a way where you think like, all right, like if your plan is to get her to this moment a year out, like how do we get her on the periphery ready? Um, But, you know, whatever, like it's still I would still say this was a success, a successful title change. Um, And like I'm really I'm really optimistic of what she can do in the ring with other talent. So, uh, in a way that like Brit just couldn't, cause she's not as good in the ring. So, um, you know, uh, it, it ran its course and it kept going and now, and it was time to change and they changed it. Um, and you know, like I look at the alternatives in America and it's like, like, I don't know how Thunder Rosa doesn't win, like, you know, a woman's MVP. Um, if it's not a stardom person that wins it, um, uh, this for, you know, next year or whatever else. Like, it's just. It's a it's a really shitty situation that we're in in America right now with women's wrestling. Um, so as far as like from uh, as far as from WWE side of it, it's like maybe maybe they you know maybe they they have a good title reign for for Bianca after she wins his belt from from Becky, but it's like I you know who who knows like this might this might fire them all tomorrow for all we know they're they're he's out of his mind so who and knows. I- and I think the thing to be aware of with Bianca is even if she does win the title, like we would presume Rousey is going to win the title too. So she'll be in her shadow the whole time. Yep. So while having, while presumably having much better matches all the time too. <laughs> just like this part that's also like, you know, man, like this Ronda shit, like dude, the Ronda, the Ronda and Charlotte thing, like they're fighting each other and jumping each other and fighting and brawling and like cool. But like, what is there as far as like, the reason why you don't like each other or, or don't like each other right now at this moment. And like, they, it doesn't seem to have any of that right now. We'll get to that next week, but yeah, it's like you look at the landscape compared to what it was even two years ago. You're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Fire thunder driver to win the title on yeah. attacks. Aubrey counts the, the finish, the conspirator, um, <laughs> tears, confetti, uh, and the hometown going crazy. So uh, another successful night. So yes, but um, um, you had uh, like AW Rampage. Yeah, I got I got Rampage stuff. So uh, first sh- first match of the show was uh, Darby Allen versus the Butcher and Rich. I know you I know you have been um, very pro Butch man on this show. 
Yes. And um, I appreciate Butcher as a tag wrestler. Uh, but in this match with Darby, this was basically like, you remember like those early squash that Marco Stunt was taking from Luke, uh, I'm sorry, Luke Harper, from, from Brody Lee and from Lance Archer. This yeah. is basically like if he had got off the mat um, after one of those like fucking five car racks he got in like the span of 90 seconds, if he had got up eventually and then like proceeded to like fight back and then win at the end, like that's what this match was. It was like... It didn't go long. It wasn't some super great match, but like I gave it three and a half stars, and I enjoyed the hell out of this match. And I want to see them wrestle again. Like uh, Darby ends up, uh, Darby ends up uh, escaping the ass whooping he's getting by getting thrown around from pillar to post all over the place. To then get uh, Butcher laid out on the floor, he go and then Darby goes to the top and he hits a he hits a coffin drop onto Butcher on the floor. Um, and then from there he rolls into the ring and then Butcher can't make the 10 count I want to see them again and I want Darby to beat him in the middle this is awesome like it's three and a half stars it was some low stakes match I don't even know how long this match went but like I didn't give it four stars like, it went 10 minutes right and mm-hmm. it's a completely it like Darby basically got like 80 20% of his match he got he got his ass handed to him but ultimately he found a way to win because he's one of the best baby faces in the world it was awesome um, so yeah uh, Butch coming through. Yes, and Butch, the, the real Butch. And, and, and as this match is happening, and bringing all uh, to lighten this, like I was enjoying the way he was being his ass so much. I was like, "Hey, Rich, if you get a chance, go on Fireport and sim uh, Kobashi versus Darby because I would like to see what that would look like." That's <laughs> yes, I like that. I, I like what Butch was doing so much that like it inspired me. To, it had me ask you about Kobashi. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would never imagine some shit like that like two years ago. Anyway, um, so after the match, you end up getting um, um, Andrade and Jose. They come out and uh, they like they go out there and they distract, or they go out there and they beat up uh, Ar- Darby and and um, and Sting, and then the Hardys run out there to make the save, and then uh, Matt Hardy challenges AFO to a match, and uh, they end up. Uh, setting that up for next week on, I believe it was uh, next week on Dynamite. It's a four-way match um, or or triple or trios match. Can't remember. But four it's, on four. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah. Um, so, you get Scorpio Sky because the promo with Dan Lambert and talked about how, like, Lambert and Scorpio are co-champions. Um, okay. Uh, so, then you again, Red versus Layla Hirsch went, like, seven minutes. Matches, okay. Uh, it is. They were trying to have a good match. The crowd didn't care. That's the best way I can explain it. Um, so, uh, base once it came back from break, uh, uh, Velvet hit a Casadora, a Bulldog, um, then went for a spinning kick, but uh, Hirsch tossed her for a power uh, for a power bomb. Um, I'm sorry, went, put her in proper position for a uh, overhead suplex, um, and then. Uh, uh, Hershey's have gone for a uh, a arm a arm breaker, um, arm breaker, arm bar, and then uh, Velvet ended up hitting, uh, getting the ropes. Um, then at the end, uh, you end up getting Hirsch, who is trying to use the, uh, a one of the turnbuckle connectors to to use it uh, to hit um, Velvet, but uh, Statler comes out and stops her, and then. Uh, after that, Velvet ends up hitting her with a kick and getting the win. And then um, 
rolls out with uh, Statlander, uh, uh, Red Velvet does. So, um, QT Marshall cuts a promo on wanting a rematch or a, no, says that he lost to, <laughs> to, to Hook and says that he wants to congratulate Hook by having him uh, win a QT Marshall certificate of accomplishment to his best student uh, on Rampage next week. Uh, then you end up getting House of Black versus uh, Fuego del Sol and Bear Country. Now, Rich, now you have to remind you have to remind me the bigger the bigger bear with uh, red hair is Bronson. I'm sorry, uh, Boulder. Yes, Bear Boulder is the red hair guy. Yeah, the big he's bigger. He has red hair, and he's the better of the two. Right? Yes. Okay, so the match started with Bronson, and it's more or less like. We are giving we are giving them nothing. We're being the shit out of them, like uh, House of Black, or, or yeah, the House of Black. They're being the shit out of those three, and then they give a couple. They give some hope spots to Fuego. Hit you know, hit some moves. You know, throws them around, not throws them around, but like knocks them off balance a lot. And then he goes off the ropes after hitting a couple uh, high spots. He goes for one, and Buddy Matthews. V triggered him out the fucking sky. <laughs> oh my god, he murdered him. He murdered him. Uh, and then like everybody, like uh, there's like three moves in a row. Like uh, Brody Lee hits a hits a tope through the ropes. Um, Malachi hits a hits the K Brada uh, out to the floor, and then Buddy Matthews hits a move and, and pins Fuego. Like it was like the coolest like three minute match you'll you, you'll ever see. That was a squash match. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I think I saw like a uh, like a short clip on YouTube to finish, and it was like damn, like a movie montage yes. like, of, of like yes, like everyone being put away. Yes, it was awesome. Um, so then uh, you're gonna get a promo from from Penta and Abrahantes, and uh, <laughs> he says that like Death Triangle is inevitable. It was funny because like he look, I know everyone knows he's a dork, but like, it's endearing it to me because like, Abrahantes, he's going for it. Like, the, com- look, the commitment, man, the commitment Alex Abrahantes is, is the nicest it. man in the world. I will no longer talk. Like, I can't. Like, this is the nicest man in the world. Like, Sorry. I don't think we ever shadowed him. I was like, look, man, he, he he's a dork in a good way. It is what it is. Like, he's, he, like, he is, uh, he's doing this thing. He, by him being around, it makes Penta looks even, look even cooler than he already is. So, like, it works. But like yeah. him dr- dressing like like the Crypt Master and, and cutting the promo or whatever else like to, to go with the evil or the Pentagon uh, character right now it works and like I'm giving I, I am I am giving him the benefit of the doubt because like he's actually trying to make this thing work and I, I think like obviously I think it looks ridiculous doing it but it's like this is a character change he like a lot of people would have been like fuck no I'm not doing this he went right. you know what I'm gonna try to add to this. Whatever, maybe I'm being more positive than it deserves that, but I don't think it sucks so far. I just think like how drastic it it went, like kind of throws people off. But like right. whatever, if this was WWE, maybe I would probably kill it. That that's fair. I probably would. Um, hey, I mean WWE don't don't you like they not owed fairness. <laughs> we're, I mean we're we're, we're post fair with them. Like they're rarely fair to me, right? Right. It's not fair to Flair. Not fair to us either. <laughs> So, um, so they end up uh, highlighting what's on Dynamite next week. It's gonna be MJF. It's gonna be uh, um, Alec Reynolds and Silver versus Jericho and Garcia. That should be fun. Uh, like you mentioned, the uh, eight man to- uh, tornado tag match: Butcher Blade and Private Party versus the Hardys. Uh, Allen, Darby Allen, Sting, 
then we get Caster. He may, uh, you know, they talked back and forth before uh, Mark Henry said it's time for the main event. Caster came down. He was rapping about Ted Cruz and a snowstorm, and like he made references, a bunch of references to Texas. It was fine. Um, so uh, basically, like it was a standard. Um, Keith Lee. It's like a match that would have been in WWE. Like they, they try. He tried to. Um, there was like one or two spots, but it felt like, you know, Cash is only but so good, um, or good at all, <laughs> in the ring. And he's in there with Keith Lee, and like they tried to make the use of it, make the best go of it. Like obviously you had uh, Bones on the outside trying to uh, stop momentum and, and cut and um, keep um, Caster from getting you know uh, just destroyed. But ultimately, in uh, Keith Lee is getting the win. So, um, after Keith Lee gets the win, like Hobbs and Starks run down, they beat the shit out of, out of Keith Lee, and it's four on one. He getting beat down, and out comes Swerve, and Swerve uh, comes out with a chair, and he clears out the ring with Keith Lee. Um, and they, you know, they they shake hands, whatever else, signaling that there's going to be some potential, you know, partnership between those two, which I'm, I'm super happy for. Um, after the show, uh, Keith Lee walks out and then like Swerve gets on the apron and he literally jumps on his back like a like a like a in a piggyback situation to Keith Lee walks off. And I thought to myself, that's fucked up. He just got jumped four on one and now you're making his big nigga hear <laughs> you off. Like, bruh, what? <laughs> you re- really? This how we doing? <laughs> You know, this, this, this really how we doing? You, okay, you you felt for your fellow big man in that situation, like you know. I mean, there's an, uh, uh, now that we here because we haven't talked about it. What, what what is what is Hobbs doing? What you mean? What is he doing? He is he look, mass. He is teaming up and being the and being the enforcer for these light skinned dudes. <laughs> I guess, I guess, what what is what? The light skins can't do their own dirty work. I mean, you know, Ricky Starks don't really fashion himself as a man that really wants to get his hands dirty, you know. So, Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, Max uh, Caster's what? No, we we not really no. look. No, the, the point still stays the same. S- We're not really S- dealing send the with gentlemen. Out there to do, to do dirty work. Okay, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we not really dealing with gentlemen that you know. I want to fight Keith Lee, but I get my ass whooped. Send, send another black buck out there to fight him. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I need Hobbs, 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 to, you know, I need Hobbs to, you know, come to his senses. Uh, you know, he, you know, times have changed, you know. Times have changed? Apparently have changed. not. <laughs> He's doing work. Ask, what jersey do I have on? Colin Kaepernick. Hopefully, uh, you know, the videos my man's putting out, you know, I know they probably won't lead anywhere, but, um, you know, hopefully he gets a shot. So, um, yeah, that was it for uh, yep. um, what's his name uh, for Rampage. Yep. Uh, so, James, I guess it's time to hit the music.
Okay, so uh, this past weekend, or not this past weekend, um, we will not be covering those shows. Like, if we do, it'll be like just in passing to get to the review next week after uh, World Climax. But um, there was a title shot uh, for the SWA belt uh, between Morocco and um, the champion. I'm blank on the name Tekla. Uh, I'm. I would be shocked if Tekla hadn't won. Um, but, uh, but you know, if the match is good, I'll, I'll talk about how good the match is or isn't next week. But um, the weekend before, uh, first show is uh, New Blood. New Blood won, uh, actually. Um, New Blood won is Stardom's um, almost like an outreach program. <laughs> uh, so basically... Um, Stardom has looked at the scene in recent light um, of what Joshi looks like and realized like there's not that much of a place for not only just um, our wrestlers, uh, our younger wrestlers, but like the whole entire scene's younger wrestlers. Like where are they going to get dates when there's like so many uh, Joshi promotions that now like have really limited roster size. So like to fill up and make a, and, and close the gaps, like they're hiring more and more, um, freelancers, top freelancers. So, like, mm-hmm. the, the, the more top freelancers you have, the less reps you have to get um, your young wrestlers, uh, your dojo system up and ready. So, like, they figure, how about we put, you know, our young wrestlers with their young wrestlers, uh, the promising young wrestlers from the scene, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do some things, right? So, uh, from the Stardom show, you have uh, wrestlers from Gato Move, from. Uh, from Marvelous, from Just Tap Out, T- Chaka Michinoku from promotion that um, where you know Micah originally is from. Uh, mm-hmm. You have from Diana uh, Kyoko Noe's promotion. Um, is Rossi offering to show the tapes on his television? I, you know, I, I had made that same joke. Um, I, it is not. It is not as inherently uh, nefarious as that. In the immediate in the immediate future, but what I will say is, when you have uh, some of these women that have had like thirty matches their entire career, um, and a lot of these promotions, they're very slow to, you know, put the quote unquote rocket in the promotion to these people, mm-hmm. and they're going to be you know in a in one of those uh, trunk bathing suit deals wrestling for like three years, um. Like for them to then have a match where they can wrestle someone that's you know of their ilk and they're not getting their asses completely destroyed and they can do some things and um, they're in front of a crowd of four hundred people and in this current landscape a lot of them who knows the next time they'll be able to wrestle in front of four hundred people right um, given how bad this is like they're gonna remember that like wow like I was part of the show we sold out for we sold out this building four hundred people and like stardom does this like at every single show and like they're about to go to they're about to go to sumo halls and all that kind of stuff and like the long play is like over time some of those promising wrestlers are going to get better and they're going to have like fond memories of stardom like yes yeah, so it is it is you know as inherently dangerous as uh hand those tapes over to Vince McMahon to, to put on the syndicated television I, I don't disagree, but th- th- that's a more of a long play than a than a full on. Let's get them all now because Stardom doesn't need that. Stardom already has thirty two ro- roster wrestlers right now as we speak. Um, they don't need more unless they're going to start doing A shows and B shows. 
mm-hmm. which doesn't seem like they're in, they're about to they're any any rush to do that, even though I think it'd be for the best. Um, but so the main event of the show is the debut of Stardom's first rookie since um, Lady C, Miyu Amasaki. Um, so like uh, just to go through the show, real let me pull up the thing. Uh, really quick. I'm going to get to the highlights of the show and I'll tell you about the rest of it are actually like really good. So, um, first, first match of the show is Kogo versus Sayaka from God of Move. Kogo ends up winning with the Nectar Peach is basically like a pump handle, um, Northern Light Suplex. Um, match is okay. Uh, then you get Unagi and Waka versus Maria, uh, from Marvels that we've seen a, a few times. Um, with the start when the cave came over stardom with and I Hosen. I Hosen is a uh, um <sighs> she's in the gear. She's in the young girl gear. She's in the singlet in the shrimp swim trunks. Um Maria, she, you know, she Maria's good. She was in there with Unagi. Uh they're continuing like the Cosmic Angel versus Marvelous scene that's been going on for like a few months now, whatever else, whenever they've showed up. Um ultimately Maria ends up beating uh Waka. Um and then Unagi in um, Maria start talking shit to each other, um, which seems like they're going to like. If they do this more, I think they're going to have like their own storylines. Like so, this like this new blood thing is almost like their version of Dark, if you will, or mm-hmm. NXT, if you will. Where it's like we're going to have them wrestle people that are peers. They're going to have storylines. Going to learn how to do this stuff, and then like when it's time to you know in a year or eighteen months or two years, like when it's ready to. Um, push a Miyu Amasaki like she'll she'll know how to do this because like the way they're the way that given her gear and like you know the way she wrestled like they're gonna it almost seems like they're tracking her in the same way they tracked uh, Kamatani mm-hmm. like this ain't no this isn't Ida this isn't Lady C where you're just gonna be eating shit for a full you know two years or whatever else like she'll be a player like in in the next few years um so, next match after that, you end up getting uh, Kamatani and Lady C versus Mirai and um, My Sakurai. Um, if I believe correctly. Yeah. Uh, final stretch comes down to Kamatani and Mirai, and um, Kamatani gets her up and hits her with the Star Crusher right as time the bell rang for a 15 minute time limit draw. Uh, and we're giving this match a uh, three and a quarter. I thought that like Kamatani and Mirai were really good together. Um, next match after that. Ida and her return from injury after Turner ACL back at the, I want to say it was the six, twelve show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those like I think it was the match for I think it was the match for where Starlight Kid. Uh, they lost Starlight Kid is when she tore her ACL, or maybe it was the one when they lost um, um, Death. But it was one of those when she tore her ACL. She's back. It's been it's been so long. Um. And she's in there, and she she's wrestling, and she's tagging with Hannon, her tag team partner from the Tag League in 2020. Um, and her tagging against uh, JTO standouts uh, Tomoko and and Naba, and I can't pronounce his name. I'm goes it's A O I, so I'm going to say it is I. I'm going to assume it's pronounced I. I could be very well wrong when I listen to it. It sounded like they were saying I. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but. Ai comes out and she's tall. She's probably like she's like she's five seven, five six. She comes out, her music hits in the ring, and she starts break dancing and popping and locking and shit. And I was like, yo, I wasn't expecting this, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she stood out. And then uh, she's with uh, 
uh, Tomoka and Tomoka, uh, she she has a uh, a a martial arts background. Bell rings, um, and Tomoka in this match, like she's fucking good. Like she's out here kicking the shit out of people. Like I looked at her, I, I looked at her cage match, saw that she had like less than a hundred matches, and for less than a hundred matches, like she's damn good. Like I noticed that she um she's like a like a juniors champion in Sendai. So uh-huh. it's a nice girl. So like clearly, like she clearly, you know, she's not just like some fresh new face or whatever else. She uh, even if she uh, she only has you know a few matches to her name, like she's really good. Anyway, um, at the end, um, <laughs> Saya picks up Ai and goes for like a spinning brain buster, and that brain did get busted. She dropped around on top of her fucking he- on the back of her head. Man, I was I I was thought that maybe she was a like maybe someone was like she was in a bad space or whatever else. I don't know. Hope I hope I like, is okay. Bing bong. Bruh, she dropped her right on her shit. <laughs> I was like, good lord. Um, but yeah, uh first win back back in uh and so far they've been giving um they've been trying to give um Saya some wins to build her up for um Russell Kingdom or not Russell Kingdom, uh, World Climax Night One. Um next match after that, Starlight Kid and Roaka versus uh, Haruka Umasaki from and Nanami both from Diana. Uh, Haruka Umasaki is a she's a, like the, either a, I think she's a tag team champions with uh, Miyuki Takase, a name you've heard me mention tons of times. I would like to see her in Stardom. She's damn good, but like she's just gonna be a top freelancer. Oh well, um, very good. It mostly built around trying to build towards storyline between um, Umasaki and uh, Kid in the future. Um, um, ultimately, uh, trying to think what was the finish. Ultimately, Ida, uh, not Ida. Ultimately, Kid ends up beating, uh, Nanami, um, with a moonsault, Tyro moonsault. And then, um, Starlight Kid and Haruka Umasaki start to, like, jaw each other, which leads to me to, to, leads me to believe there'll be a second one where they'll rust each other. Um, the main event was Utami versus, uh, Miyu Umasaki. As I mentioned, Umasaki debuting. And, like, it, her clothes, her music, um, the stuff they let her do in the ring, they're clearly tracking her in the same way, like that, like uh, they did with Kamatani. Like they're giving her stuff to do flippy stuff. Um, at the beginning, like they she put uh, Utami in the corner and they let her do the 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 uh, back handspring elbow like she's Muda. So it's like okay, all right, I see your gear. You look like a star already. Um, you got music. You coming out the disco? Okay. I know where you're going to be in like two, two and a half years. I already know. Like, <laughs> I already see it. But um, ultimately, um, you know, Utami, you know, fed for her a lot, but ultimately put her ass away with a uh, German suplex. And then after that, given that she was, um, that uh, Queen's Quest and Oedo Tai were about to have a five on five match series, and, Queen, and uh, Queen's Quest only had four members at the time that were on the roster still right now because uh, Hina is doing some schooling stuff. The inevitable happened. Tommy beat her and said, just like she did with Kamatani, you want to join Queen's Quest? Yes. Yes, Utasan. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, so now they have a six member in uh, Queen's Quest. So um, next show after that, uh, you have literally, like they put her right into the fire. Like they do the five, they do the tug of war thing where they grab the ropes um, they paired off with each other, and then they ran the best of series, the best of uh, five series in the main event. 
Uh, Rich, I, I gave you one of the matches to watch. You give a chance to watch it? Yes. Okay. So the first match of the series was Utami versus Momo. Um, and I thought it was a good-ass match. I ended up, I think I gave it four flat stars, but it was a 15-minute draw. Yeah, um, it, it felt like it didn't get out of, like, the first gear for me. Like, I thought it was, like, like I saw, like, half a great match. Like, it was like, okay. oh, they, they didn't ever really get to it. Like, there was no finishing sequence attempt to speak of. It was like, oh, they were in the middle of something, and then it just ended. So There was a, okay, uh, for me, there was a section where they were just, like, just reversing in and out of stuff, in and out of moves, and escaping like near near destruction of stuff, and I was like, "This is really high level wrestling." I was really impressed. Um, but uh, as you mentioned, like didn't get a finish. It didn't like they were headed towards the finish. They had it. They did the whole thing where it's like they're you're trying to get to a gear where they're trying to put each other away, but they're frustrated because they can't beat each other in fifteen minutes. Which I mean, of course, neither one will be able to finish other in fifteen minutes once they set them up to be in the first match and. To tie to each other, and it wasn't the last match. I was like, "Oh, this is going to a draw." Like you, you just know. Um, so, so best of five, you're tied at one one. Um, next match, you end up getting, um, I think, is Lady C versus Saki. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, next match, you get Lady C versus Saki. Um, Saki ends up putting her away with a kill switch, so now it's one, you know, one up or one nothing to in one tie for uh Oedo tie. Then you get Azumi versus Rena. Azumi stretches Rena, so now it's one one one. Then you get Kamatani versus Rowaka. Um, Kamatani does what she always does with, with I guess uh, Rowaka, which is beat her with a flash or Kanrata. So uh, then you get um, um, you get. Queen's Quest up, the baby faces in the situation up uh two to one to one. And the final match is the rookie, second match ever, Miyu Amasaki versus Starlight Kid. Obviously, Starlight Kid put her away and beat her. Uh, she actually uh, stretched her out and beat her with it, made her tap out to a Texas Cloverleaf. So uh you end up getting the the two two one tie, and they say they're not done with this, they're gonna settle this eventually. I'm assuming this is gonna lead to some big um uh, some big elimination match at some point. I don't know when, but like they're continuing the story of these two with each other and um, or these two factions with each other and especially Utami and Momo. Like they're going to have a big match eventually some point. It just, they didn't, I thought it was going to be a world climax. They decided not to do it there, but it's coming. Um, uh, but this is continue to thing. Uh, so then uh, Cork and Hall, the next night um, you have, Mina in a three-way with Momo and Fukigen Death do a bunch of funny shit at the end. Um, Mina gets Fukigen out the ring, or gets Death out the ring and is a beating Kogo with a Got a comment. First time commenter, TN Sooner says Momo, or they say um, Momo final boss. Is that a question? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the final boss of Stone right now would be Shuri. Would you disagree? She has the belt. I mean, it's also the part where, like, she whoops everyone's ass. And she, she fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's what they're trying to. Uh, that's what they're trying to get with her to where, like, you know, because given the way that story is, line is progressing, is like 
she fucked her friends over and now like she's just being a thorn in her side and like her friends keep trying to find ways to you know to get at her and she keeps like holding them off so like in a way it, it, it is MJF-ian in, a, in that kind of way where like you gotta keep going through all these trials and tribulations to finally get your chance get your hands on her um so yeah in a way yeah um she's more she's way more uh willing to fight than MJF so <laughs> that's for sure uh so uh, next match in the beginning, uh, Unagi in there with, uh, my Sakurai. This is, you know, fresh off of my, uh, you know, betraying, um, uh, Cosmic Angels and joining Donald Amado because as she said, she's sick and tired or she, she didn't want to dance anymore, even though it's like said Momo, the final boss for QQ won't let the women breathe. Um, I hope so. I don't think that is the case though. Um, like obviously the two most talented people that in that faction and people they want to push the most in that faction are Momo and Kid. Um, but this whole NASCO thing is gonna just be like, it's gonna be an albatross. Yeah, it's gonna be an albatross to get like you mentioned. It's gonna be an anchor around that whole entire thing of them trying to politically and appease what they try, what they you know what they try to do versus like the reality of the situation. It's like. They never should have made her the, the, the faction leader after uh, Kagetsu retired. They never should have did it, and now they're stuck in that way. Um, hopefully, they'll sort it out. Hopefully, something hopefully will come to a, a common-sense resolution. Um, but, uh, as I said, with um, Unagi in, in Mai, after Mai just betrayed um, Tam and, and the rest of Cosmic Angels and pissed everyone off, made people cry... Um, she finally gets her shot at her and like Unagi whooped that ass. Um, she, you know, you, you fought with the eel. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> learn, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Unagi ends up beating her with the blade runner. I end up giving this, uh, two stars. Like my's just not good enough yet. Like, uh, um, she's not, but at the end, um, they were talking back and forth. She was, she was, Talking back and forth to each other, like Unagi's like, "Look, man, I, this asshole was owed to you because of what you did, um, or whatever else." And Maya was, you know, trying to uh, dismiss it as like beginner's luck or whatever else. But like, it is funny that like, you know, um, she was tired of Cosmic Angels dance, but meanwhile, it's like uh, Julia and Shuri dance when they come down to the ring. Uh, for title defenses, and then like my Himapoi, when they defend the trios titles, they fucking dance and twirl around towels, or whatever else. It's like, oh, so like y- y- you're just an asshole. That's oh, gotcha. Great. All right. Enjoy, enjoy being a pen eater now. Awesome. Um, so, uh, next match after that, uh, Tam and Waka versus Azumi and, and Miyu. Um, they put Tam in there with, with Miyu to start, and Tam basically worked her over, you know. To, she <laughs> got to teach the young girl how to work by pooping her ass. Uh, ultimately, by the end, you end up getting uh, Mizumi in there for close stretch with with Waka, and then uh, Waka, uh, poor Waka, she she got her ass whooped, and then Azumi beat her with a double the <laughs> uh, diving double foot stomp and rearranged her her organs. Um, and then uh, and then uh, I get I recommend this match to you. Uh, five way match. I'm sorry. Uh, eight, Ten person tag. I call them Quattro's match to make it easier. Uh, Stars versus Oedo Tai. Um, this match had to. Um, this match because of World Climax when you have um, Hannon defending in the first night against uh, Rena. Uh, they had to, you know, outpost 
hey, make you know, show play into that and show you, you know, preview what that could look like, preview what the Starlight Kid and Momo match for the tag titles versus Azumi and Kaguma look like. And I thought they did a great job with this for like 13 minutes for a 13 minute match with you know 10 people in. And I thought they flew around the place. I thought tons of dives, tons of high high paced action between like Momo and. Azuki and uh, later um, Kaguma and Kid, and then like the closing stretch with like the two young girls. I thought they were. I thought this match was really good. Like I ended up giving this um, three and three quarters. I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed some of the five on five uh, Cinco team moves mm-hmm. that were in this uh, when they were all laying across the bottom rope, and then like the five uh, of them. Yeah. them I, I found that. Amusing. Yeah, they all did the Hazuki uh, foot wash and boot kick, which I realized, like in in retrospect, like that was just Hazuki like playing homage to like Yashiko after Yashiko like got kicked out of Stardom. I didn't really realize mm. that, but yeah. Um, so, um, the semi-main event was Julia and Tekla versus Shuri and Mirai. You already know what it is. Like, this is a preview for Julia and Shuri. Um, but in between that, you did get nice, like, exchanges between, um, Mariah and Tekla where, like, they're, you know, they're wrestling each other for the first time that, uh, that I can remember. And, like, they're, they're really good. Um, I thought that Mariah, um, in there with Julie at times is like, you know, Julie will no sell, like, the young girls or whatever else. And I don't know if that's because of, like, you know, I don't know if that's because she was trained by a person that was doing the Noah shit where, like, olds don't put, <laughs> put youngs over. I don't know. But, man, like, it was just weird to see, like, Julia. Like, it's one thing when it's, like, Unagi, and they're like, okay, they're roughly the same size. But when, like, Mariah looks like she's she outweighs you by 10 pounds just in arms and, sh- and shoulders, mm-hmm. maybe maybe don't do that, but whatever. Like, they got to Julia and, um, and Shuri, and they beat the hell out of each other, threw each other around a suplex, and then there was a shoot headbutt from, um, a clunking headbutt from Julia to Shuri. Um, and then they, and then from there, like, they were they end up closing the closing stretch where they end up going to a time to draw. I'm trying to remember how did they how did the closing stretch go? Um, oh, here's what happened. Uh, Julia had Shuri seemingly finished with a glorious driver, and then time expired during the cover. So it was actually like a good one. It was like, oh, okay, you're actually going to you know try to convince us that Shuri is going to lose this match or would have lost this match. Like she can beat her, which you know um, they've wrestled twice before. The all time series is. Um, Julia beat her at the 2020, uh, 2020, um, Cinderella tournament. And then they had a draw in December on pay-per-view. So like, Shuri has yet to beat her. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. And then the main event was, uh, the trios match, Mahimapoi versus Queen's Quest, Utami, Kamatani, and Lady C. And I thought it was a very good match as well. Um, the closing stretch ended up coming down to, um, was it NASA boy? Uh, no, it was Micah in, in, in Lady C and, um, at the end, uh, Lady C ended up getting put away with a Michinoku driver. And at the end, um, Utami, not Utami, Micah pointed out like, you know, cause they all, everybody likes Lady C. She's almost like, uh, you know, like those good basketball teams that have like a young rookie that they didn't think were going to be good. And like, almost like, like Taylor Horton Tucker, like two years ago, like everyone seemed like on the bench happy whenever he balled and like them blocks or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they treat Lady C. Like they like, everyone likes her. So like Michael put her over and was like, you work really hard. You've gotten strong and all this kind of stuff. 
I think it works better for me with someone like Alex Caruso rather than THT because that oh, was clutch. Yeah, it, that's clearly like a clutch <laughs> fantasy. Like, like Laker fans don't really give a fuck about THT. Like, I mean, they yeah. did until they realized that that, that was a mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah. Caruso is another one is another example of that. Like, um, yeah. you know, uh, Della Dova a few years ago. Um, trying to think who else was a good rookie that came out of nowhere more or less. Um, there's a few of those every year. Yeah. Um, Tyler oh Hero a couple years ago. Hero, that's not even not even necessarily like Cameron's pain. Like they like when the Suns, like when he goes off on the Suns, like they love it. So like you know what I'm saying, oh, like someone yeah. is like you weren't really expecting that, and then like yeah. they they just in the zone for that point in time. Like they people like C because you works hard, or whatever. Else. So uh, and they, clearly you've seen she's improved over time. So like uh, she, they, you know, Michael put her over and say you've gotten strong, or whatever else. But I put you away, and you know whatever, like. Um, they ta- they used to tag together like on the you know the bottom of the cards or whatever else like when they were trying her out with different factions or whatever else so like she could have ended up being a Donald Armando, um, but yeah uh, that is the catch up for um, stardom from the eleventh uh, through the thirteenth. Uh, um, so we don't world climax. Yes, on to world climax. Man, uh, these cards are. Fucking loaded. Um, Rich, at one point I said to you, it was like, there are matches on here. There was like, I don't know what the best match WrestleMania is going to be, but like, there are, um, between the two shows with like, I think both shows have um, <coughs> eight matches on them apiece. Um, like, there are like 10 matches that all could be easy threats for four stars, on depending on how much time they get and blah 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 blah. You get my point, but like that's this the level. Not the case for WrestleMania. No, not at all. Not even close. Um, so, like, you don't think Johnny Knoxville is gonna gonna be threatening for four stars, James? With Sami Zayn, no. You know, Logan Paul is not not gonna pull it out and surprise you against the Mysterios. No, not against Dominic. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Oh, um, there's got to be more. Um, <laughs> McAfee and Austin Theory, I don't think that's getting four stars. You know, Corbin and McIntyre, you know, like Drew McIntyre had to put himself like through like he has to literally walk through hell um, <laughs> barefoot to, to get that to four stars. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, how much of his career like would he be like leaving in the ring that night? <laughs> that was a four star match. <laughs> like that man will leave a the kind of bumps he'd have to ring. take to get it over. <laughs> Yes, that may be leaving a piece of himself in the ring. <laughs> Look, how's that? How's that old song? That guy, you can have a piece of my love. Oh yep, my that's, god! You know, you know how many times that song has been sampled into? <sighs> yes. Okay, right. so you had to leave a piece of himself in there. <laughs> okay, so would it be better if I did this by day or by show, or if I do this by like clumping like the shows, like the uh, things together? Because there's, there's basically three double dashes on here. I would say just by show. By show? Okay. So, uh, night one is eight matches. The first match is the Futures Belt. It's the sisters. It's Hannon versus Rena, as they previewed in the uh, the Corrigan Hall show that we just covered. Like, they had a, they have a good closing stretch. Like, uh, Hannon on the openers to these pay-per-views ever since she's uh, she got her title shot and then won it, and then since she's defended it, she's had nothing but three-star matches, basically. Um, I see I see no reason why it doesn't continue, like, because Rena and her are now, you know, the finish of that match, 
uh, was Rena going to the top rope and hitting a double diving knee, knee drop onto Hannon. And, like, she was supposed to hit her. She was supposed to, like, land with her knees on the mat, but instead she came down on her sister. Uh, so, like, she don't, they don't give a fuck. Like, they trust each other. If you kill me in the ring, you kill me in the ring, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, I think they would have a good match here. I'm going with Hannon. Uh, Hannon has been impressive uh, the last couple matches I've seen her. Yeah. And Rena comes off as untrustworthy. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a little shit. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's no reason for her to uh, lose the belt at this point, especially given, like, what are you going to do? You're going to make Rena like a five-time uh, <laughs> future or three-time future champion? She's like 15. So... Uh, there's plenty of time for her to win this belt. Uh, the time isn't now. Uh, Hannon rides off into the uh, rides off into day two, in my opinion. Uh, next match after that, it is what they're dubbing as a golden. Is this what is this the match that I think I'm seeing on paper? Um, a second match. I don't know. Yeah, the Golden Generation Battle. Yes, a Golden Generation Battle. Yes, that's what it's been dubbed as. They they are they have thrown they have opened up the Golden Generation from a group of four to a group of six. They have added Mirai and uh and Ida and Giant Saya. Um so they are having that match and this makes sense of why uh Ida came in and instead of uh and they have established her by giving her some wins to kind of get her the, the prestige of being in there. Mirai. There's a battle of two hosses, um both of different height. Uh, but they're they they probably they probably have the same like like PRs in 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 the gym. Uh, uh, look, I, I I you know this this One Nation Radio is a is a pro Ida um um podcast, but I I am pretty sure Mariah is winning here. But that's not the point. I think this match is gonna be fun. It's gonna be horses throwing horses of different sizes. A a five five horse versus a four nine horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna throw each other around, and they're gonna bump, and it's gonna be fun. Yeah, uh, Mariah impressed me a lot against Sherry. I think she's gonna keep that going here. She's definitely gonna get the win, and yeah. I think it's you know traditional Japanese booking. Like um, someone's coming back, they're gonna lose their first and, big match back. Yeah, yeah, and then rebuild from there. Yeah. I'd be I'd be shocked if Saya won. I would too. Um, match number three. Uh, you start to get into the uh, Donald Del Mondo versus uh, versus Prominence uh, uh, side of things. You get Tekla and Micah versus Risa Sarah and Suzu Suzuki. This match is going to be good um, given that it's car placement. I don't know. It won't be able to reach its full potential uh, given the level of talent in the ring between these four, but um, you already know what it is. This is to build Risa and Suzu and get them into night two when they have the five on five or the four on four deal. So, um, yeah, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm wary of, of tag matches with Tekla in them with while she's <laughs> wearing that belt. This has draw written all over it. Draw, another draw. They can't get them. They can't get them a dub before they have to put over Donald Romano next night. They're going to have to show me. Okay. Fair enough. Especially Fair if Tekla's involved, because like they've, they've yeah. literally, yeah, like, you're right. Every time you're right. that we've thought they've had a reason hey. where she can be beaten, they they refuse to do it. You're right. You're right. Like only one time she's been beaten in the time where like, yeah, you can beat her. Uh, you're right. You're right. Could be on the lookout for a draw. Um, next match after this is a uh, trios gauntlet match. Uh, you have Queen's Quest with Azumi and and C and um and Miyu Amasaki. And also in it, you have uh, Nasapoi, Donald Romano's Nasapoi, and Himeka and Mai. You have QQ's 
not Hugh, I'm sorry, uh, Oedo Ties, Death, and Saki, and Raka, and then you also have um, the Babyface, the Babyface Coalition uh, between <laughs> the parlay, if you will, the, the Mayu and Tim, yeah, the Mayu and Tim fusion of, of their children, uh, Mina, the Mina, and, uh, and Kogo, and, <laughs> and Waka. So, um, that is the group. I am, I am going to say that, uh, they're going to go with, uh, I, I think, I think QQ wins. I think they, I think they want to get Azumi and, um, and Amasaki a win, uh, seeing if I were to look at like the, look at these teams of people that could like, they could make Konako get them a, a, a nice little win, um, on a big show down on the card so they can look back in, in a year or two and say, this is what they already had planned for them. I think that's the play. I mean, they could always go in Nespoi and, and Hameka because they're so strong, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I think I'll, I think I'm going with, uh, QQ. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick them too. Why not? Okay. Um, but if it's not them, it's definitely gonna be Donald Amando. Uh, then, uh, fourth from the top, the goddess tag titles get, are, um, on the line. It is FWC, Fukuoka Double Crazy. Don't ask me, Japanese W and double, same thing. So whatever, they make it a W. Don't, I, I, I'm not a person doing these translations. Um, versus, I'm not saying the name. You say the name, Rich. The new name of Starlight Kid and Mama Watanabe's tag team. Um, do you not know it? I do not know it. Black Desire. Ah, that's right. I remember hearing about that. I think you remembered it. You were like, I'm just going to have James say it. No, no, I I didn't remember it, but they named it. Yes, Black they, Desire, yes, huh? Yes, they named themselves after various porn DVDs or porn franchises or what would or could be easily one of them. Anyway, um, they've been at it. Hazuki and, and Momo have been at it ever since. Momo left her for dead against... Hey, um, B- Black Kid, Black Peach. We should have seen this coming, like, you know. Yes. Anyway, back to my point. Uh, Hazuki and Momo have been going at it with each other ever since... Um, the Dream Queen of Sumo Hall show from December when in the middle of the match, Momo said for the anniversary, 10th anniversary show where they put, you know, uh, Takumi and Mayu together versus with Hazuki and Momo and Hazuki and Momo in the middle of the match said, fuck this, I'm out of here. And then Hazuki had to fight against <laughs> the mega aces and get her ass whooped. Uh, they've been added in, in matches and they've been beating hell out of each other. Um, so like with this new partnership of, uh, Black Desire, um, I think that it's appropriate that, like, you know, they've had a good run with the titles. I, I feel like there's plenty more things for, uh, for Hazuki and Kuma to do. But if I'm looking at it from the booking perspective, like, the hotter thing to do would be to put the belts on Kid and Momo and then start just showcasing them everywhere you can because of that level of talent, um, and level of, uh, people that you trust at the top of the card. Um, and have a strong, you know, third from the top, uh, pay-per-view, uh, 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 caliber wrestling, wrestling act. You know what? I, I'm kind of liking, um, Kaguma Hizuki with the belts. Mm-hmm. And I say that with like the, the people they're bringing back, um, I think tying them up with belts 
may not be beneficial with some of the bookings. Like we saw Starlight just come off the the jun- the juniors belt, the um, you know, to, to essentially like free up, you know, so Kyrie wasn't going over a champion or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I think sticking them with the belts could like kind of, I don't know, you could you can do it, but I think they both have bigger trajectories. Like I think Kid has the white belt in her sights. Mm-hmm. I don't think Momo necessarily needs a belt because she's generally like a menace right now. Um, and I kind of like Hazuki and. Uh, it's a nice spot. Koguma. <laughs> it is a nice spot. Like I don't think you, I don't think either one's a wrong decision. Because I mean, I mean, look at those four. Like they're going to have great matches regardless. Either one of them, either mm-hmm. team. So I, I'm just thinking, like, I, you know, like kid, kid has never done that. Um, but whatever. Like I mean, it could be either one. I, but I could, I could see it happening. Um, but I'm not mad at either decision. Just give me a finish. Just give me a finish. Like, don't go to 30 minutes. Just give me a finish. Um, next match after that, third from the top. Um, Kyrie's return match to stardom. Her teaming with her old, uh, you know, sister or, or da- and the daughters of stardom. Team Yamaguchi, as she calls it. I didn't I didn't know that they had a specific tag name. Apparently, it was Team Yamaguchi. They're both from Yamaguchi. Um, Kyrie and Mayu versus... Creative. Yeah, very creative. Uh <laughs> Uh, Kyrie and Mayu versus Tam and Unagi. Um, this match is gonna be fun. Like it's gonna be Tam in there with uh with with Mayu. It's gonna be Mayu in there with Unagi. It's gonna be uh Kyrie in there like in Mayu both being a shot of Unagi. It's gonna be Unagi doing. I think still probably still to this day her best trait fight from underneath. Um, and it's gonna be Tam on the outside trying to make plays keep this shit up above board. But you know what it is like. Kyrie going over that elbow, that elbow right through, uh, right onto uh, uh, Unagi's sternum. So uh, uh, I, it's I, gonna I, be I fun. Th- I, I was thinking, you know, the eel, you know, just to win, go, go over Kyrie clean, Blade Runner, Blade right Runner, in the, right in the middle. How about know? this? How about she beats? Uh, t- how about she beats uh, Mayu and Kyrie at the same time? Double Blade Runner. Hey, stack them on top of each other. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know, make a t shirt for it. You really want to, you know, get Unagi off into her star push. This is what you do. You know, we can we can bring Kyrie in and and make, you know, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like it'd be that'd be about like one of the best returns since like Brock Lesnar returned to WWE and did a job to John Cena. <laughs> So yeah, uh, but either way, like I think the match is gonna be very damn good. Um, they like Kyrie has been like showing that she's been uh, like clips of her like in a like in a martial arts class like doing working on grappling, um, which is funny because she already she already had a couple submissions up her back or not up back pocket like she had submission finishes like the anchor or whatever but she's also adding like some type of like knee bar thing so. Um, She's adding on and adapting. Um, I'm really interested to see how this goes. Because, like, if she comes out here with the same attitude that she used to have in starting before, like, she's another fucking psychopath ready to do anything in a match. She's she's out of her mind. If she wants to, you know, just take it easy, she'll still be great. She could tell great stories, whatever else. But um, it, I'm interested to see, like, what we're going to get. I'm really, uh, I really am. Um, so many events. Kamatani white belt match. Kamatani versus Utami. You already know what this is. Go ahead and go ahead and put a four next to your uh, in pencil. Go ahead and put a four next to it in pencil, and we'll see how this comes out. If it's going to be four, four and a quarter, maybe we get to four and a half this time. But every time they've wrestled, they've had a great match. Period. 
who's the real leader of Queen's Quest? And we're thinking about one year later, right? Like we had Saya Kamatani basically get it started and announce to the world that she had arrived, like and she was going to be a player and she was going up against Utami and Utami was essentially like keeping her at bay or whatever. But now the tables have turned, you know. Uh, Saya is on top. Saya has a championship, and uh, I think Saya's sending her back. Oh yeah, yeah, Saya's winning. That's the whole so, point of this. Like know. they're trying, they're trying to expand it from a top five to a top six. They're trying to make Utan or not Utan. They're trying to make Kamatani a sixth person. Um, so like her, her with Utami is like, yeah, she's lost to her in two big spots already, or th- three big spots. Um. Well, not three big spots, two big spots in three matches. Um, and like now it's time to try to, you know, make this thing more competitive and show the, the you know, the growth and progression. And then, you know, in a year or two from now, they'll be, they, they won't be next to each other. They'll be diagonally from each other. And it'll mean so much more when you look back on the series. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be great regardless. Like how great we'll see, but it, at the worst, it's going to be great. Um, then the main event of, of night one, Shuri to Red Belt Chami versus Julia. Um, DDM ex- potentially explodes. Um, this match, given um, what Julia is willing to put herself through, um, I have no worries about. Is going to be great. How great? Like, could it be? Could it be as good as the, the Julia and Mayu match from um, December or sorry, from January from the anniversary show? Maybe. Uh, will this be as good as the Utami and um, Shuri matches? I doubt it, but I won't put anything past them because there's that because like they're both that crazy. Like they did a shoot headbutt on, on a Kurok and Hall outpost match. Like that was a go that was like a go home level thing. Like you're gonna be prepared for, for more of that. Julia Julia will do lots of things to get a match over. So um, you know, like match gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be one of the best matches of the year. I want Shuri to kick the shit out of her and not really because Julia's any done anything all that evil yet is just, I know what's on the horizon. I know what kind of person Julia is, you know? Right. I, so like, I want Shuri to preemptively whoop that ass. <laughs> Before, you know? Like, I know you're going to turn on me. I'm going to be ass now. And, and, and then like, and then I'll come get the rest of you after you turn on me. Yep. yep. <laughs> Fair like, enough. All right, so moving on I to got, night. Like, I got to catch you early, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at night one and, you know, a lot of talent. Like, I think the main thing is for the undercards is, like, to have a lot of these matches similar to the um, Budokan Hall show from last year where it's like, we're not going to give y'all much time, but y'all go out there and go get, the you know, the matches in the, you know, three and a half star match in, like, eight minutes, that, that sort of thing. And then after that, the last four matches, those all be great, um, without a doubt in my mind. Um, so... Stat show, and then we move into night two, which is even more freaking loaded. So, um, the winner of the Futures Belt between a Futures Belt match from night one, um, either uh, Hannon or Rena will face Mai. Um, Mai isn't as good as Rena or Hannon, so like this will be a step down from night one, but um, it's this could. It's not like my sucks. She's just not good yet. So um, they can have a match that's pretty decent. I'll probably say if I put over under, and I'll probably say like a two and a half star match. Um, but I, but I feel like Hannah just rolls through both of them. To be quite honest with you, I'd be surprised if she dropped it a night two to, to my. Um, then second match, uh, the battle royal 
um, just like they had a battle royal last year. Um, they're doing one, but it, this isn't with uh, like the legends like Kyoko Inoue and uh, Momoe Nakanishi and um, and Emi Sakura. This is with basically um, the young girls uh, and the young girls on the roster, and with um, Gato Move and the rest of like Blood One, the Blood One um, um, outsiders. So you got I. I'm sorry, I, you got, um, Makoko, or sorry, uh, Kamoka, uh, and, and the rest of them. Um, Maria's gonna be in it as well. It's causing shit, it's stirring shit up with, uh, Unagi, almost certainly. So, and Unagi's in here to defend her crown as a battle royal, uh, uh, defending champion. So, mm, I'm picking Lady C. It's funny because, uh, when May, uh, announced she was gonna, May Sarugo announced she was gonna be in this, um, Emmy, Emmy, Emmy Secure went out her way to say, "Make sure to throw out Lady C." <laughs> so they're keeping up the the polls off B from last year. I, I love Emmy. She's, <laughs> she's just funny. So, um, match three, the loser of the white belt match between Kamatani and Utami face Marai. Um, mm. so. You know what this is. Yep. Like get that heat know. right back. Yeah. So Tommy, you know, <laughs> about to do that J O B that first yep. night and get right back on. And get it right. Yep. Get right back on track. Yep. Um. So yeah, I think that match is gonna be great. Like, it they're meant to rust each other. Rust each other. Like, there's no reason. There's no way that Mariah like got to start or sign on the storm without thinking like eventually I want to get in the ring with, with this woman. So, like, yeah. Uh. So yeah, like they're gonna they're gonna club each other to death. It's gonna be fun as hell. They're gonna throw each other with Germans. It's gonna be fun as hell. Um, next match after that, uh, it is called the Generation of Destiny. Hazuki in a singles match. Hazuki versus Momo. Now this is basically like saying like I guess that's the name of like the generation after the Gold Generation because you know like Momo uh. and Hazuki are both younger than like. Well, Hazuki's like the same age, or maybe like a little older than Utami, but like definitely younger than um, Nasapoi. But right, or 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 Micah in Hameka. But yeah, so um, the Wild Heart of Stardom versus the former True Heart now the Black Peach Momo. Like I, I mentioned in the tag match, like they they've been out here smoking it when they've had sec- uh, time with each other in these tag matches on on these uh, Road Two level shows and in Corbin Halls. This match gonna be great. The only thing that's gonna stop this match from being great is if they say, "Hey, you only got eight minutes." If they get twelve, they're getting four with ease. Um, they're awesome together. They've, it's almost like they've been rushing each other, and they're, they're almost like they've been the best wrestlers, some of the best wrestlers in the world for a long time, and they've been like rushing each other like since they were teens, both of them. It's almost as if that's the case. Um, <laughs> I've got Momo here. I, I do think too. She, I think she needs a big win. Um, whoever she, she's been a demon of late. Yeah, this is what I will say. Whoever loses. Um, the tag match the day before is winning. Would you agree to that or no? Or Momo's winning this regardless? I think yeah, no that that would line up with my pick. Like, <laughs> like the okay. um, you know uh, Kaguma and like they retain and then they lose a singles match the next day. Okay. Uh, next match after that, uh, Azumi defending the high speed title verse in a three way match versus Kaguma and Nasapoi. Flames, <laughs> flames. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know how much time this is gonna get, but it's gonna be great for the time it gets, regardless. 
picking, um, picking a zoomy to yep. retain, but yeah, this yep. is ROPW. Yep. I got a zoomy and I got a zoomy over Kaguma uh, to preserve the potential rematch between a zoomy and uh, Nat's point in the future. That's, that's, that's how I see it, but it's going to be fun as hell for the time it lasts. Um, now, uh, fourth from the top, Kyrie in a singles match, um, her second match back versus Starlight Kid. Um, match is going to be real fucking good. Um, like, Kid is at a point to where, like, even if Kyrie has slipped, which I don't think happened, if Kyrie even slipped from where she was, awesome. Kid's so damn good, she can cover that up anyway. But, like, I think Kyrie, like, she's in incredible shape. Um, apparently she's been training long for longer than, than we even know. Uh, so like, I think, I think they're going to rip this up. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, it's four from the top. Uh, so like, I don't think it's going to go like get four and a half, but like, I could easily see this getting like challenging for four and a quarter. Kyrie's looking in a mirror, a heel version of herself that's <laughs> 10 years younger. This is like when Nick Jackson was in the ring with Jungle Boy and it was like, oh shit, like, that used to be me. Like, that's what this is. <laughs> Except that she turned evil. Right. Yeah. It's like, when I first saw Kyrie, I was like, that's the best baby face in the world. Like, just one of them, gotta be. And then, like, I first I started seeing, you know, 2019, we first started seeing Charlotte Cuba, like, yeah, shit. Kind of see that too in her. Like, what are they? What are they? What What is over there? What are they doing over there to keep producing this level of babyface? But um, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, third from the top, Donald Del Mondo versus Prominence. Um, it is a uh, Quattro's match. Uh, so it's uh from Prominence is Suzu and Risa Sarah and um Akane Fujita and um and Miyagi versus not not Andres Miyagi, different Miyagi. Um. Versus the loser of the red belt match, probably Julia. Uh, it would make sense that it's Julia's. If it was Shuri, it would make no fucking sense, seeing that they came here to bust Julia's head. Um, versus, uh, uh, like I said, the loser of the red belt match, Micah, Hameka, and Tekla. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I think that Prominence wins to get them the reason to come back. But regardless of that. Like the this is eight super talented wrestlers. Um, Suzu's awesome. Reese is awesome. Akane's really good from what I've seen. Uh, Miyagi, I don't know as much, but like you know what Micah and and Hameka do in tags. You know what either either Red Belt loser can do in tag matches, and you've already seen enough of Tekla to know she's good. So like they've had they shot that angle at the anniversary show. To get to this point, they already had their tag match with Tekla and Shuri versus uh, Akane and, and Risa. That was really that was good. Um, Is there any chance that Julia just aligns with all these new people and stomp Micah, Omega, and Tekla out? Oh, there's a great possibility that happened. I, I got one further. There's a great possibility that Tekla and Julia both stab uh, Micah and Omega in the back. Be on the lookout. Yeah, be on the lookout. Angle alert. Major angle alert. Um, but either way, I think it'll be a good match for if and when anything like that happens, regardless. Um, if they do that, I want Julia to do it just like Ric Flair in 1995. <laughs> never tags in. <laughs> never tags in. Um, shows up, was jumped earlier in the, in, in the night. People don't think she's going to make it to the match. She gets out there. 
you know, in her regular clothes, kind of tags in, turns around, punch. Can't trust her. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Just a snake. Just a, just a snake just waiting to, just ready to stab you in the back. It's going to happen. Like, there, th- think of all the scenarios of how to do a, a Domino Mondo breakup and where the two main things it now breaks down between Julia and Shuri. And, like, think of how the number of ways that, like, one person's a bad guy. Like, it feels like 99 of the, out of the 100 of them are involves Julia being the sucker out of this. Like, like you, you can't even come up with a scenario where it's like, yeah, you know, sure he's gonna, right? He's gonna scandalous, like, no, right. bro. Like, if, if if you are, if that's what you expect, that means you have not been watching Stardom or you have not watched any Stardom for the last two years. Like this, this there is one person that is that is you know an egomaniac, uh, in in you know can't handle other people's success, and then there is Shuri who's like the best babe face in the world, except she's hanging next to this, her 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 shit head of a friend or no, her shitty friend. So yeah, like yeah, it's 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 definitely gonna be that way. It, like unless they just want to completely throw you off, completely throw you off, it's gonna be Julius uh doing the backstabbing, not the other way around. You know, Lex um, Luger will be turning, not Sting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like MJF is turning on Cody, not Cody turning on MJF at that time. Uh, so then uh, semi-main event, the winner of the white belt match defends it against the the, the predecessor, uh, or sorry, of the, the previous white belt champion, Tam Nakano. Um, I mean, we both assume, like, it, it don't matter. Four and a half, just write it in. <laughs> it, it don't, it don't matter. <laughs> like, remember when GZ like, on so was like, Pro Tools of Powder, it don't matter to me. <laughs> Like, yeah. it don't matter if it's a Tommy or it's Kamatani. If it's versus Tam in the seven-minute event spot in, in, in Sumo Hall, put the four and a half in right now. It's going to happen. They're going to kill it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think Tam's winning. I don't. I wouldn't. I, it'll be, I think it would be malpractice if Tam won. Unless you like, the only reason to do it would be like, okay, we're going to try to get to some uh, shirt or some uh, Tam versus uh, uh, Kyrie match. But, like. That's the case. You should have you shouldn't have took, took the butt off her then. Too late. So right. Kamatani rides. Yeah, and I feel like beating She's, Utami the night before would be such a big thing. Right. You don't cut her legs off immediately. Right. Like if you're trying to get into the top six, have her beat two of the top six. Yeah. So or yeah, or two of the top five to get into the top six. You know my point. Um, yeah, like, yeah. So gonna be a great match, regardless of whatever else. Like like eventually, I want another Tam and Utami match because they're great together. Um, but yeah, like Kamatani and Tam, like they're great when they have time and someone's ribs aren't fucked up. So yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and chuck that in for a great match. And then the main event: Shuri versus, or sorry, not Shuri. Uh, the winner of the red belt match, either Shuri or Julia, most likely Shuri versus Mayu Watani. <sighs> Rich. You know- I'm not gonna say nothing. You already know what I want to say, but I'm not gonna say it. Um, we'll see when this ma- we'll, we'll see. You know, Sunday morning or whatever else. Have this match goes off where it stands, but like this has the potential to be one of the very best matches in the history of the promotion. Um, if it is, if it is in fact um, Shuri and um, and Mayu, like people that people have said right now, if if they you know um, between if it is Julia somehow. Uh, Julia and Mayu this year, the the anniversary show they had to do on short notice at 11th hour after um, Tam came down with uh, being put in COVID jail. Like 
that's the that's at worst the second best match of the year in stardom right now. Um, I gave it a four and a half. You gave it four and three quarters. People were a lot more people looking from uh, your perspective than I do. So it's already one. They've already had one of the best matches of the year so far. So if they had, if it was, uh, if it is Julia, they'll probably go out there and they'll either match that or top it and have one of, another one of the best matches of the year. Or it'll be Shuri, who's better than Julia, and they'll go out there and they'll and they'll rip it up just as well, or if not more. This has a, this easily could be one of the best, very best matches we see all year. <sighs> Something about this match, I have senses going off. Like there's a couple things I feel like that are in play. This is the main event of this is Sumo Hall. Mm-hmm. Is the title in jeopardy? The way they played this angle, I say no. Okay. Um, one in these in their outpost match between Stars and Donald Omondo, where Julie, or sorry, where uh, Shuri and Mayu have beat the hell out of each other. Uh, like Mayu is like trying to steal the title, and then Shuri catches her, and then um, she like, I'm sorry, big dog, I'm just playing. I, I you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't no problems with you. Like she's playing. Like Mayu has completely played this as a comedy thing, as opposed to I'm a real, I'm a real threat. So I do not think that. So because of that reason, I do not think that like if she, if I thought she was going to be champion, that I don't think that Mayu would just goof around like the way she has. Like, hmm. um, you know, I think she's there to to pose as a threat on paper because she's still their uh well, the last years, the last year she's been their top star. The last since like uh, September, the top or top star most. Looked at person in Google searches has been Tam, but whatever. Um, like, I think she's person to be there because the threat, because she, like, you know, historically looks like the top star. Like, she's like the Tanahashi or whatever else. You put him in the match. And, oh, man, when she hit, well, like, when that champion uh, music hits, you know, she it, comes out. That is I'm true. T- I'm telling you. It is different the, when that music, when that championship the, music the, does the, hit. The temperature going to change. And I, I, there's going to be a point in the match where I guarantee you, like, we're, you're probably going to watch this thing live and I'll see it after. Oh, I'll watch it live. You know, I'm watching this but, live. Come on now. But like, I feel like there's gonna be a point where you you gonna be like, oh shit, they're about to flip this fucking belt. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, that's the level of how good they are to where like, yeah, they're gonna like. I mean, when Shuri and I don't think you ever watched this match, but uh, October third, two thousand twenty, um, when they had their first pay per view, um, they did Shuri versus um versus Mayu, where Mayu was a red belt champion. This is this is her first, this is her defense, her last defense before she lost it, uh, dropped it off to Tommy. Okay. Sherry yeah. beat the shit out of uh, Mayu to the way we were like, oh, the title's turning. Mayu might win, might lose his belt. Like, Sherry, Sherry beat the hell out of her. And then Mayu, you know, came back and won at the end by, you know, com- you know doing Mayu comebacks or whatever else. But, like, they, ha- they have the talent and in, in the wherewithal to get you to buy into a title change that's happening in this match. So, like, it's going to happen. They're that good. Um, now, one other question that you pointed something out earlier that I didn't even notice, um, but the new Stardom video yeah. that it, that plays before the matches uh, when you watch it on Stardom World, there's no Mayu Watani in it. Yep, um, I find that interesting for a lot of reasons. We've seen the cycling that's gone on the. Mm-hmm. The attempt to create several other new stars, the returns of Kyrie, and of course their use of like uh, pulling in all these freelancers. Are Stardom preparing for a future without Mayu Watani? And is it, that future coming? Is this the last time she's ever gonna challenge, challenge for a top belt? belt? Yeah, could be. 
like they've been preparing for a life after Mayu since, quite frankly, since they put the belt on Utami. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have to do that. There was still many, plenty of people for her to still wrestle. Um, but they they moved it. They flipped it to Utami. Utami took or took to it like a dove to water or a duck to water, whatever the fuck the term is. Duck to water. That makes more sense. Uh, doves don't really do the water thing. Uh, but yeah, like they, they cry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, they, uh, you know, last last spring summer, Tam and Mayu both in interviews both said like they got like eighteen months to two years left individually. They both said this. Like obviously, those are wrestlers, so who knows whatever the hell. But um, they have definitely planned for this, like. You know they've kept Mayu in interesting things, but like they have not, they have not been at the top of the card except for the Tam stuff. Um, so uh, pay per views. So like yeah, like I could definitely see like this be this could be her last you know big main event match, or whatever else. And you look at um, last year like Budokan Hall, um, Osaka Joe Hall, and like hell even like you know Oda City for like the finals for the um, for Cinderella and for the Grand Prix, um, and even uh, you know Sum- uh, Sumo Hall, like she hasn't main she hasn't main event to any of those shows. Like so, you can like so yeah, like she hasn't you know she semi main evented the Osaka Joe Hall show, but like you know that's that's semi main event, and they had the the match up to main event that they still didn't they still went with Utami. Like yeah, so yeah, like they have been for you know uh, since november 15th 2020 they've been planning yeah i remember the date yeah ever since then like they have been planning for um for like life without her and like i'm gonna miss her if and when it happens but like and i'm not you know we'll get to that when it happens but like yeah like she's getting her big match um, or whatever else, and, like, she has a chance to go out there and, you know, she has a chance to go out there and drop 50 with another person that go drop 50 right against her. So, um, yeah. I expect this match to be incredible. I expect this match to be better than their four-and-a-half-star match from, uh, the, the match we just talked about before from 2020. And, like, they have, they're gonna have, they're they're gonna go, they're just gonna be great, and I just can't wait to watch it. These are two of my three favorite wrestlers in the promotion, um, at this point. So, um, yeah, I, it's yeah, gonna be awesome. Gonna, like, I'm gonna pick Shuri as yeah, well. I'm gonna pick and... Shuri. Like, if they wanted, look, the only reason that would make any sense to put it on Mayu would be to drop it off to Tam, so that Tam can drop it off to Julia. That's the only reason that makes sense. The the there was that, and then I was also thought like uh, Tam's also getting a match that she's probably losing. So like they both lose here, and then like through their frustration, they turn towards Tag. each other yeah or they turn towards each other and be like well it's time for us to fight now so i don't know okay. like i'm i'm not winning because i i can't you know mm-hmm. yeah either way either way they'll end up it, either way yeah. they'll end up back to each other in some form or fashion either tagging or fighting you're, you're, i agree with you whether it's for a belt or not a belt or, or tagging or going to for the tag title or whatever else they're gonna end up they're gonna end up seeing each other at some point before they before they both retire. So, yeah. That, that Fantasia, that when I see you, <laughs> when I see you. <laughs> but, yeah, man, just just looking through, like, that card, like, Mayu, I'm sorry, uh, like, that last, like, this is a nine-match card, like, the la- literally from the third match on. Presumably, Utami versus Mirai. 
Hazuki versus Momo. The high-speed three-way match, Azumi, uh, Kaguma, and Nasapoi. Kyrie and Kid. Donato Mondo versus Prominence. Tam versus pr- presumably Kamatani. Mayu versus presumably Shuri. Like, that, that match, that show's fucking loaded. Like, that's nine matches, and literally seven of them can all go for four stars if given the right time, and because they all have the talent to do it. Like, that's... WrestleMania ain't got that. <laughs> they don't. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, I guess, like, quickly we can transition over uh, after talking about starting to talk about, uh, I guess, the competition or whatever you want to call it. Tokyoshi Pro, uh, number two promotion in Joshi in the world. Um, they had their big sumo hall show, um, this past weekend, they ended up drawing in like uh, 1700 people. Um, I thought things was 10 match show. I thought the last four matches were all ranged from very good to great. I thought the two last, last two matches were great. Um, I like, I'm not even going to go through the undercar stuff because undercar stuff ain't, ain't the stuff one Asia radio was brought, brought to watch. It, that wasn't what called us to watch it. Like, if you like um, the goofy stuff they do, if you want to see um, Hyper Masao in a de- in a no DQ or false kind of anywhere match where like she's taking like the safety uh, dives off the off the uh, the you know that the entrance in, in Sumo Hall where two people catch her, two men catch her, um, and then she brings out the bicycles and runs into a a a pyramid of chairs that. Uh, None of them that neither the wrestlers set up. The people that were in the court, that were in the ring, or that were cornering the, uh, sorry, were assisting, accompanying uh, both of them to the ring set up, and then she ran into them. Whatever, like it's, it is, it is what it is. I saw someone say that that was a match year candidate, and I'd like, what the fuck are y'all talking about, bro? Like I gave that shit one star, and I, and it's really hard to get one star, a one flat star match out of me. Like I, I rarely like shit on matches that. I, I, I feel like I need to see some of this goofy stuff. Oh, I mean, and then there was um. Let's see. So they also had uh uh I think it's Neo I don't know if it's Neo Bushigun or Neo Bushigun, but basically like it is um Saki Akai, this very tall, attractive former model, uh that wrestles. She has alter ego and it's called um Saki Sama and she has May Saruga with her and her name is uh uh May Saint Michelle and she's basically like, playing a French maid and then she has like a few other people. One of them is Yashiko, Rich. <laughs> she dresses She dresses up. They basically dress like French rich people, like French aristocrats. And then they come down to the ring and they wrestle baby faces that like they're they're just going to fucking just, just run over. But they do comedy spots for them or whatever else. So like in this match, it was like uh, uh, one of the girls, Raku. Raku, she'll she will lullaby you to sleep. So she'll get you in the ring and then she'll start giving you a lullaby and then you'll go down to onto the mat and you'll fall asleep and then she'll try to cover you and then you'll kick out for the spot. And she does it in every match I've ever seen her in. Whatever. Like uh at one point they had Ram. Ram uh is a freelancer. She also does Tokyo Pro. She's like the smallest woman in Joe. She's like four nine, maybe like eighty pounds. Um she she does <laughs> She does the she does the Okada Rainmaker, but because she her name is Ram, they call it the Ram Maker, and they do the and, they, and like she does the the whole all of that. Yes, and they zoom out. It's, it's hilarious, right? So Zach says this match was his match of the night. Oh my god, that wasn't even like whatever. I'm not getting. I'm not uh, whatever. I'm not. 
Zach, you gotta stop watching this shit, man. Anyway, <laughs> you gotta stop watching this undercard shit. It rots your brain cells. But uh, yeah, like at the end, like uh, the Hills obviously won because they're OP faction. They don't, they they I don't think they've ever been tag champions. But like normally it's it's a um it's it's May and Asaki and like May would be the pen eater if they ever lose. But like this was a trios match, and one of the uh, the third person, uh, the Bushigoons, uh, Neo Bushigoon team was a man, and he brought out a, a he he's bringing out scalpels. He opened up his coat and pulled out a scalpel, and then like they would have to thwart him, and then he would be like, oh, okay, here's like the fourth scalpel I got. That shit don't that shit don't even phase me. Like there's one point where he brought out a needle and syringe and tried to like stab Ram. Ram pulled it out and stabbed him back. Whatever, whatever. That was the undercard. Uh, that was that was all. That's all I care to talk about with the undercard of of uh, the last the first six matches of this show. Final four matches: Hikaru Shida versus Akari Noah. Eight match or eight eight minute match. It was a sprint. Um, she have walked a dog with her. Yeah. Uh, now Noah or Hikari, as I, as I mentioned to you before, I think we mentioned earlier in the show. Like she is like their alt girl. Um, she, she's a, she is, she calls herself deaf, a deaf match wrestler. I've never seen her do it, but apparently she, she doesn't. So, um, she, she ended up grabbing a chair at one point and, and, um, uh, slamming it across, she just back. And then she gave her the chair to, um, to, she didn't say, hit me back. She just said, nah, I got something better for you. She went and got her Kindle stick and came back and whapped her across the back. And Bro. then they traded, they traded, you know, chair shots, Kindle stick shots. And they were, they were, they look, them shits were sounding off in the arena. Then they got back in the ring and they started wrestling. Uh, obviously, because of the back injury, she just started using, uh, started, you know, giving back breakers, whatever else. And then eventually ended up putting her away with, uh, the, I think it was knee, right? Was it the knee? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with her knee. So what were your My thoughts God. on the match? Sheeta was hitting her in a way where I was like, can you hit the people in AEW like this, please? Right. Right. Like, like, she's clearly holding back and not wrestling as hard as she can in AEW. And clearly, there's some type of mandate or there's something there is something that goes on with like maybe it's like, look, I came here not to have to do that no more. If I come mm-hmm. back, I, I'll do a one match, but like I don't feel like doing this every other week. Maybe that's what it is. I don't maybe. know. Yeah, but like Kyrie, EO, um, Oscar, Sheeta now. I can't speak to Rio, but like those four in particular, I've seen their work in Joshi. I've seen their work in America. While still good, it ain't the same. <laughs> yeah. It's just she, not. She came off as such a big star here. Yes. It was like, it was like, fuck. It was like, yo, like. In great shape, got the tan going. Also, compared to uh, like the Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestlers, like. Um, they're all very small, relatively speaking, and Sheeta is like five, 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 six. And you know, Tokyo Pro, like you know, she they're all like they're all on that five, they're all on that five one range. So like, yeah, she looked a lot. Yeah, she looked like uh, she looked like a Bentley next to a uh, next to a three hundred Chrysler. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I uh, can't wait for she to be back. Can't wait till she wins the belt one day again. Yeah. So, um, I would like for Sheeta to come back. Like if you're going to roll, if you're going to roll over, uh, I want to say roll. If you're going to beat decisively uh, Akari Noto in that way, and you're and Noah's like, you know, anywhere from like ten to seven level star, number ten, number seven in in Tokyo Pro. Hopefully, is leading to something. It's not just to showcase you being her ass. Like, like hopefully you make it to where it's like a you know CM Punk and Darby type of thing. 
um, right. where like it's going somewhere. Like if she goes in there, she mixes it up with Yuka, and you know, well, maybe not Yuka's politics of that because uh, they're both AEW. Maybe if it's um, I don't know, Shoko. Um, it, it, I think I feel like you know that makes more sense to do business or whatever else. Um, next match after that, uh, international princess title, um, Maki Ito versus Yuki Arai. Um, yeah, this match is the for those that do not believe or or think that Maki Ito is a good wrestler or or, or maybe she wasn't at one point, and that's fair to say. Um, you watch this match. You can't give any of the credit of it to to Yuki Arai. Maki yeah. Ito, car- Bret Hart carried this woman uh, to a match that I thought was very good, and it, it told a great, it told a very good story. Like I was, you know, I've seen Maki um, in the last half of last year. Um, you know, by, by I, I didn't watch him personally, but I heard people say that like she, she's improved. She's one of the most improved wrestlers in the world. Um, watching her on these Corrigan Hall shows and big shows in Tokyo Japan Pro this year, like, I see what people are talking about. She's much better. She's much improved from when I first started watching her in 2020. Yeah. Um, I was way more impressed with Maki here. Um, the other young lady, nothing Yuki. really, Yuki, yeah. nothing really jumped off the page with me or for her with me. It, I thought she maybe had some good fire, but that was about it. Yeah. And that's after Ito put her in that situation to have to persevere to, through that. Um, yeah, she, you know, this, she's like had like she hasn't even had thirty five career matches. Yeah. So it's so. like I, it's I'm not gonna kill her. I'm not gonna kill her because like she's a you know she's she's doing this part time. She's a she's a big Joshi star. I'm sorry, a big idol. Like she's a pop star doing this part time. Like the fact that she even can be in the ring is kind of surprising. Like <laughs> we're not we're not putting what you know like what. What wrestler or what people do we know that's like trained as like a you know a pseudo celebrity, if you will, that's out here that we ask to be you know be really good at wrestling like in thirty matches? We don't really do that. Like think of how we talk about Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. For, think about how we talk about Pat McAfee for being carried in a smoking mirrors match. People are like he's fucking next her angle. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so and like he's good, he's fine, but like they don't ask him to do much. So like. They asked Yuki Arai in this match to do more than they've asked Pat McAfee at any point. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, I end up giving this match three and a half stars. I'm really impressed with Ito. And like, I, you know, a lot of people want her to be champ or the the Princess of Princess champion eventually. I think she'll get there. I think people just were, you know, kind of stuck in that, that you know, um, Adam Page situation where it's like they, they lost hope. And it's like, I think... I think it'll, I think it's still gonna happen. Just just hold on a little bit longer. Um, some main event tag team title match. Oh, the- also Maki Ito is on top of the world. <laughs> Bro, uh, I think it was, might have been Chris Brooks on commentary. I was fucking hollering. It was Brooks in uh, Bali and Aki. Bali and Aki is the uh, the person that does English commentary for God on Move as well. Um, yeah, like it's funny because you know obviously you know. Aki and and May are always together. They're like they're literally a tag team. So like when May does the the Neo Bushigun stuff, she's May Saint Michelle. He he, but he fucking buries her on commentary. <laughs> like oh this evil motherfucker. Like it's so funny because obviously you know like y- y- you get it. It's just it's just funny. But anyway, um, some main event. Uh, the tag team, the tag team, uh, the tag league uh, winners. 
uh, Rika Tatsumi and Miyu Watanabe versus Magic Sugar Rabbits, Yuka, Sakazaki, and Mizuki. You're all familiar with uh, Yuka. Um, this match was fucking great. Um, I, like, I don't think you've ever seen any of this other three except for Yuka, right? Um, I feel like I've seen the one that looks exactly like Rio. It was Mizuki. Mizuki. That's Mizuki. Yeah. It's like, bro, like, they're saying, she, yep. Yep. Did she like steal like her ring gear? Like they stole from each other. Rich, bro. They're both trained. They're both. They're both trained by by Emmy. Yeah, like, they're both. Bro, they're they're they, both. They dress exactly the same. Yeah, like in fact, it used to be even more similar. Like she just switched to blue. She used to be in the white and pink, just like Riho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's just taller Riho. Both super skinny and scrawny and all that. Um, but yeah, like and they had a I great match. The, she went the, out there the and they killed. Ass attack. Yes, Rika. Uh, Rika Tatsumi, I believe. Yes, that's Rika. Yeah. Like, I can't... It's been... I was sleep exhausted. It's been a while. I just remember this match being great. And I remember, like, like at one point, I was like, oh, yeah, like, they don't even get damn about, like, the the five count to get people in the ring. They just... It turned into a tornado tag match for, like, the last half of the match, and I was fine with it. They were in each other with double Tim moves and saves. This. Oh, yeah. He would have. While the crowd was going nuts. <laughs> The crowd was going nuts. They would hate it. Yes, but uh, Magic is great. At the end, ultimately, uh, Magic Sugar Rabbits um, hold off Miyu and Rika. Um, and they'll hey, have to. Uh, uh, the Mi- Miyu Watanabe, very impressive. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, I think it's time for the Watanabe family power ranking. <laughs> um, so we've got Momo Watanabe. Uh, yeah, that's I- one. Yep. That's number one. I'll go with Miyu Watanabe next. Yep. And then I'll go with Evil Watanabe last. <laughs> I agree. I'll go if those are the three, that's that's exactly how I'm ranking it too. If there are any other Watanabe's y'all know uh, please inform me. But uh yes. that this has been the Watanabe fa- uh, family ranking. Yeah, yeah. Like like this, this this black sheep brother just can't get his shit together. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um but yeah, like I was saying to Rich off air that like because he, he's noting he was noticing all the power spots that Miyu was doing. I was like, yeah, man, like she is what I imagine in a in a in a weird situation, like like relative to like um promotion, like she is like if Micah had been like drafted had been showed up in stars originally as opposed to in Donald Mondo and like was full in on the pop style, like just fully in. Like before the show started, or actually before the first match, like um Hakari Noah and uh and Raku and Miyu, like they're all in a pop group together. So like they performed before the matches. And like they was in there and they was rich. They was out there. I got a gift of it. it. They was out there d- dancing, getting it, bruh. At one point they was getting their roll on. <laughs> I was howling. But yeah, like she's fully on the pop thing. So like for me, like when I watch all the powerful stuff she does, how strong she is relative to her promotion, like if if this all split reality, Micah. Just imagine if Micah was full, full in on the pop stuff. Like that's what that she would have turned out just like me. You, um, but yeah, uh, the main event. Picture Micah with a smile. <laughs> yeah, she rarely smiles. Um, she she rarely smiles so much. You wonder if she got bad teeth, but she doesn't. So it's like, what, damn, is you really that sad? What? I, that, that was me. But look, let's see. You. <laughs> look, life ain't a game. Right. You know. Right. Uh, the main event. Um. The Princess of Princess title match, Miyu Yamashita versus uh, Shoko Nakajima. This match is great. Uh, this is, 
I think there's only like one other match that I think I've seen from Tokyo Pro that I thought was better. Um, the cyber fight match between Yuka and Miyu. Like uh, the match people raved about at the end of 2019 between um, Yuka and Mizuki. I thought this match was better than that. Like they, like Miyu beat the shit out of uh, Yuka. And like you can also see it with just the size difference, obviously. But mm-hmm. just pounding on her, killing her with kicks, head kicks, all that. And then like, it looked like she was about to finish her. And like, there's been this thing, this thing going on where like Miyu, like she faces Ito or she faces Mizuki, like she leaves them with like they have no other options. They have they have exhausted their tank and they have nothing left, and they and they come up crying, and then Miyu like just neat, just you know crushes the back of their heads in with that uh, uh, her finish, right? And it looked like it was set up for me the same thing. Like she about to send another motherfucker packing, and then like out the back door, uh, Shoko escapes, and then she ends up. You know, hit her with a flurry of moves. Um, there's a back and forth, and then she over- overcomes it, and she ends up uh, finishing her off with the uh, top rope senton against the win. And, like, for a lot of people, a lot of people have hated this Miyu uh, title reign. They have said all these terrible things about it, even though, like, whenever I've watched her defenses, um, it's the best match on the show, but whatever. Apparently, you know, but gotta remember, like, this isn't a match promotion, so whatever. So even though what main events is the matches, the big the big matches, the good matches, but whatever. Um So, like, Shoko is a two-time cha- uh, princess a princess champion. Um they also announced that they're doing I forgot what uh Oda City Ward in the summer, like I think in July. So like that's their next big show they're gonna be building to. But um, Shoko, I imagine Shoko's going to be headlining that. But, like, yeah, like, Shoko's two-time champion. And, you know, she has two big challenging threats in, in the future. Hey. And Mizuki and, and um, Ito. And Shoko's awesome. So, like, she's going to have great defenses. I'm looking at the uh, cage match page for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the full show says 9.16. Yep. I'm going to say this now. I only watched the last four matches, which were the good matches. Mm-hmm. I imagine that the undercards were less than this is comedy goofies. That stop the fucking cap. That's what I want. What want to say to these uh, reviewers? So, Rich, like I have said to you for a long time, there's that- no way that this is a nine point one six, which is one of the greatest shows of all time. Rich, like the Budokan Hall show from Stardom last year is like a nine point one flat. Was this yeah. a, from the last four matches like, you saw? Was that better than the last bro. four matches of, from the last like what you saw in Stardom Booting Hall last year? No, like exactly. Revolution like is like a eight point nine four from like right. a couple weeks ago. That's right. like a that smokes this. Yeah, right. So and Rich, stop, we have been talking about. I, I have been talking to you off air about that about their cage match ratings about how like you give if you give them a four and a quarter star match Tokyo Shoot Pro, it it could easily get up to a nine rating on cage match. That's what I have in the main event. I thought it was about four and a quarter. Looks like it has an eight point nine eight on there, and I gave know, it four and a half. I really enjoyed that's, it. That's a little different. Um, I gave I the I, I gave the semi main event four flat. Um, and then the other uh, and then the other two semi main event or the third from the top, the the Ito match and the Sheeta match. I gave both of those three and a half. Yeah, your yeah, last four matches, right. like yeah, like it's a good, it's a very good show. 
Um, if you're just looking at it from the last four match perspective, it's like those are the things people actually care about. Like, cause literally, like the first six matches, then they went on a long intermission, then they had the last four match. You're like, let's 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 get let's let's get the bullshit out of the building, and then and then we'll put yeah, on the real stuff. them off the premises. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, like I understand that people love this roach because anything can happen and all that goofy shit or whatever else. Like, and that, if that's your taste, it's your taste. But like. Let's not act like these are actually the matches of the year, because they're not. I mean, they're good matches. Look, I, I feel like it all eventually proves itself out anyway, right? And this isn't like nothing to dunk on, really, right? But right. I, I but I'm saying, like, for people that don't know that and don't look, because the thing is, like, when people look through this stuff, they don't, you know, they're just looking at the score on a cage match. Or, well, I don't know if I don't know if Tokyo Pro's on crap, but my point, like, they look at match of the year, Vanilla Voice of Wrestling matches of the year, and they'll see like three matches or four matches from Tokyo Pro and be like, okay. So they're as good as like the actual, you know, top hundred best match a year. And like for, and normally we told Pro, like probably two or three or more, but like when you go through that down ballot thing and you see like, uh, what do they call it? What is the ones that don't make the top hundred? Sadness they call Village. It? You see Sadness Village and you see like those matches that get voted in or whatever. I was like, nah, bro, that's three and a half. Star. That's like a three and a half, three, three quarter star match. That's not no match. Like, please. Like that shit ain't better than, uh, I don't know. That shit ain't better than like Julia and um. Well, I can't. It's a bad example. That's actually not better than Tam and um Shuri from last year. Are you kidding me? In the in the Grand Prix in Corgan Hall? Hell no. Like, just is what it is. Um, but like they do have some good wrestlers at the very top. And the one thing I do like about their matches is they're not overindulged or they're very. They'll cut the, the fat on brawling. Like, um. So I it is kind of fresh. That, yeah, like, it is kind of a freshness of like trying to break out of like, okay, so we're not going to um we're not going to do rest holes, but we'll brawl instead to, to fill the time. Like they are very short on that. So I think like as a change of pace from stardom or from took or from most Puro, it is they, they do have enjoyable watch. So if you're a person that's like, I want to watch a very good match that's like 19 minutes long or whatever else. They're, they'll give you those on big shows and their main events or some main events, but um, if but it, like I don't know, like did you think that any of these matches were better than like uh, the last two matches from the last starting pay per view? No. Yeah, I think I think the main event's close, but to the uh, Kamatani in Natspoint match, but like that that high speed match, nah, man. <laughs> They ain't got nah nah, but like Shuri and Mariah, uh, uh-uh. no, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, different sorts of different folks, but like, don't don't be out here trying to convince us in that kind of that it, no, Mm-mm. yeah, but we went long, yes, we did, um, <laughs> yes, we did, uh, but that is the end of the show. Uh, we talked a lot about Joshi just now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like this, this is the first time we ever talked about uh, Toshio Shapiro like in an extended period, right? I believe so. Yeah, but um, there's nothing else, right? I don't think anything. I was okay. very impressed with with Miyu Yamashita. I gotta say, like she was like incredible, and right? I I don't know, like people that don't like her, I I suggest like stop the crack. I don't know, like you know, <laughs> like, hey, if she wants to come to stardom. With open she'll arms, fit right? In. Look, she'll fit right in. Any, any of look. I can say what I want to. I can, I can say that I'm not really enthused by like their mid card or in, in the prelim stuff. But like any of their top eight wrestlers want to come to stardom, I'll set them on open arms. 
I, I like Akari. I like, uh, well, even their top 10, because I like Miyu as well. Uh, Miyu Anabe, like any of them. Rico might have to throw a little bit, have to have a little bit less ass-based offense, but outside of that, I'll, she's she can go. Like, so yeah, like I, I I have nothing bad to say. Like I'll you know I will, I will say this though, like that that top that last four, that's gonna be better than any of the last four from from WrestleMania, either night. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to rate us whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Um, uh, if you are listening to the live stream, drop us off with some of the bits. Um, the bits. Yes, if you're listening on. Uh, if you're listening uh, to the podcast, go to our Red Circle and drop us off with a donation, and be sure to um, listen to the other shows on the network besides One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesday, we have Grumman Watches Shit. On Thursdays, we have the Grave Consequences Podcast. On Friday, we have 8-Bit Suplex. On uh, Saturday, we have All Things Elite. Um, what day do we? What day is Great Match Generators? Friday as well. He actually put one out. Put one today. out today. But what's a normal day? I think the normal day is Friday. Friday as well. Uh, um, Great Match Generator, and on Sundays, um, the AEW Match Guide, or maybe I'm screwed with the days, but be listen to all the shit. That's yep. that's how that we're, works. We're listen to all of it. Yep. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace. Later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.